Hello, everyone, and welcome to Totally Your Prize Was Always Cool, a podcast with a dark secret. And we are closer to that dark secret than ever. I'm with your friend and mine, Molly. Hey, hi, it's me, Molly. We got Luke with us. Hey, how's it going? What's up? So you can see maybe why Firewalk with me is kind of a hard watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah! Yeah, I think I figured out what's going on there now. Yeah! Uh, seems bad, gang. Yeah, not a great time for Laura Palmer. No, no. Um, Luke, I do. Uh, I do. Today is the day that I will reveal my dark secret. Oh, what's that? I I also have a dark secret. Great, <laughs> Luke. I got spoiled on this two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You remember um, those betting odds for who killed Laura Palmer in the tweet yeah. that you caught me about three hours too late to say don't look at the replies? <laughs> Son of a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even intend to do it. I just said, like clicked on the tweet to look at the picture right. and well, uh-huh. somebody just said it right under there. Yep. <laughs> Is your dark secret the same thing, Ashley? Uh, it was that I was spoiled before we even started this podcast. <laughs> Uh, by the Attitude Era podcast because they like making references to Twin Peaks. Sure. And it wasn't until we were doing this that I realized I had been spoiled. I can't believe I've been bamboozled like this. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that there was a dark secret at the heart of this podcast after all. (laughs) You had kept saying that there was a dark secret where there is actually no dark secret. (laughs) Uh, No, I have a dark secret. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Yeah, we'll get around to it. You're not ready to reveal it quite yet? No, no, no. It'll be a while. Great. But it's there. It's bubbling. Yeah. Can't (laughs) wait for season three, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So uh, anyway, now that we all have uh, confessed our sins. Yeah. uh uh, Or or really, or lack thereof, really. Yeah. um, Luke, what you been doing? Uh, I've just been playing fucking Elden Ring. I don't know what to tell you. I've done nothing else. You fucking gaming? I'm fucking gaming. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, you finished, and now you're, like, fucking, you're gonna lap me before I finish. Yeah, I might lap you. (laughs) I'm getting very close. I am almost at the secret boss again. (laughs) Well, okay, then you've already lapped me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of did. It it seems like New Game Plus did not scale in a way where, like, you're kind of just tearing through it, right? Yeah, and also, part of that is, um... You don't get, like, items plus one. Like, the talismans don't come, like, upgraded. Oh, I see. So you don't have to go to, like, the various catacombs and redo them to get the better version of an item, like, sometimes happens in... Oh, Cause sure. Because you, you could get, like, the Ring of Favor and Protection plus one in right. New Game Plus. That doesn't happen here. 
Uh, so I see. So um, the one thing is, when you start New Game Plus, you will lose your um, ball bearings. Okay, that you that traded makes sense. into the shop lady. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, but it was a bummer to realize that I should have stocked up on weapon upgrade materials for things I wanted to do. Sure. Yeah, I'm mad right now because I have a uh, like seven foot tall pizza cutter that I really yeah. want to start using. Uh, yeah. But I need. I have like the upgrade materials for like I've got the level one, two, four, five, six, and seven. No threes, In multiples, huh? and I have zero threes. The worst thing about the upgrade system um, in this game is that because of the way it works, like, with boss weapons, it's easy. You need one ore of each level. Yes. Um, and, like, I, I this that was not true in uh, the other Souls games. You need X, Twinkling, Titanite, or whatever. Right, uh, you, instead of having, like, a separate, like, level of upgrade I- item for each level, you just needed, like, more of it for each level. Yes. Um, that, that's not the case here. It's just one, and you go up to ten. Yeah, it's it's the Bloodborne um, system. It, oh, yeah, I guess that is the Bloodborne system for weapons, yeah, right? Yeah, except I assume the level ten, uh, like, upgrade stuff is m- more common than you get one per run. Yeah, I have, like, I have, I think by the, I think you could get ten of each. I think you get 10 boss ones and 10 regular ones okay. of the plus 10 item. That's plenty. Or or the plus 25 item, Yeah, I guess. Uh, the thing is, with the other weapons, because it goes up to plus 25, you need 12 of each level of uh, ore. Uh-huh. And it's a pain in the ass. Like, you, you can find the items to just buy them from that vendor. Yeah. Uh, and it you can get all the way up to the uh, Smithing Stone 8 and 9. From the vendor, which is nice, because you could just upgrade anything if you just go out and grind some souls. Right. But it is kind of obnoxious that I didn't realize I would lose that. I was kind of hoping the shop would stay, uh, but also I kind of just hit the button without thinking about it too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was I was penalized. I wanted to upgrade some stuff, and it's uh, I have to go find those upgrade items again. You let the, the queen lady unbirth your whole save file. Yeah, that's uh-huh. that's exactly what happens. Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw um, I saw somebody on Twitter today post like, "Hey, we all know the end game twist of this game, right? We could just start posting about it." And I was like, <laughs> "No, what the fuck are you talking? Like, I know, but only no. what sickos are you know at about? this point. It's just sickos. It's sickos just me. people that have thrown their hands up and looked it up. Yeah, pretty much." <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, Luke, what's, what's the last thing you did? So right now I'm running through the, the hit list for the Volcano Manor. Okay, that's fun. Which, uh, they definitely expected me to do a while ago, because these fights are easy. You can get there pretty early, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. As, as soon as you get to the plateau, you can get to the Volcano Manor. Um, what else did I do? Like I said... I've got this pizza cutter, which I got from the Volcano Manor. Yeah, the pizza cutter's cool. It's a cool thing, and I want to be able to fucking use it, because I've... Mostly, today, I was just kind of doing cleanup duty. I'm like, uh, oh, right, there was, like, a boss running around in this field that I couldn't fight at the time. Let me go kick its ass real quick. Yeah, I did a lot of that. Yeah, like, just going around killing dragons. And you know what? Those dragons really aren't bothering anybody. But they've no. killed me before, so, uh, fuck them. Yeah, they bothered you once, and I guess, that is uh, I guess maybe they should try respawning if they don't like it. Yeah. Should have thought about that. Should have thought about that. Um, what else? I got a tiny doll, and I guess I, you know, I don't want to 
go too deep in spoilers. We talked about it right before we started recording. Yeah, you got a tiny doll. I have no fucking idea what I do with it. <laughs> I could I could tell you later because I missed it. Okay, okay. Um, they want me to go to the icy mountain next. Which oh the the mountain tops of the giants. The mountain tops of the giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're about at the midway point. What? <laughs> this really felt like it was like the end of Act Two of three acts. Uh, I mean that's basically true. Okay, <laughs> that's basically true. There's the the next dungeon after the mountains is pretty long. Okay. Um. But yeah, you're you're pretty much if you finish that last dungeon after the mountaintops, you could go finish the game. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you also haven't found the Molly boss, so I will need to guide you to the Molly boss. I I am not finishing this game until at minimum I have killed all ten of these fucking demigods or however many there are. Uh what I will say is don't finish the dungeon after the uh mountains until you have done that. Okay. That's that's all because it will it will trigger like the end game state. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Isn't there like something you can? I have not actually read spoilers, but I've seen people like, hey, if you get locked into the end game part, you if you beat this boss, you get an item that you can like get out of it. But good no, fucking luck beating that boss, idiot. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. Okay. Also, the boss they're talking about is the Molly boss. Okay, it is the Molly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one I've seen constant complaints about it everywhere, and then you're like. I don't know. It was hard, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> I just think people should learn how to dodge. I don't know. <laughs> they have a whole button for it. Yeah. You get iframes. I saw some people complaining about that a lot, and then I talked to you, and then today I saw way more people on Twitter be like, okay, like, oh, hey, I finished Elden Ring. That one boss was fucking bullshit, and they need to fix it, but otherwise it was a great game. <laughs> I wonder which one boss they're talking about. They're talking about honestly, the boss. I- Oh, no, that one's that one's fine. Yeah, no, everyone hates the Molly boss. Just I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> She's cool, so Yeah. <laughs> I you know, I don't have any complaints. Right. Uh-huh. Uh they let you summon a second you. What the fuck else do you think you need? Yeah, they do let you summon I did I did catch the Pokemon Ditto. Yeah, you catch a ditto, and then you make a second version of you, and what you do is you equip the most ridiculous weapons you have, yep. summon it, and then change back to your regular weapons. Yep, I've done that. Um, uh-huh. I will say it has hit the point, because <laughs> I got that, and I immediately went and upgraded it all the way to max, and I've been oh, running yeah. around with that thing, and I'm like, this is awesome. Oh, man, I got two of me. You know, it's kind of it's it's kind of doing most of the work on these boss fights now. Hmm. Kinda, you think so? Nah. I, at the point where I am right now, it's it's a little outpacing me. <laughs> okay, well that will change. <laughs> yeah, because right now I'm like, oh man, I'm starting to feel like maybe maybe I'm the fake one, and this this ditto is the real one. Oh, oh damn. Oh man. Damn. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not like uh, trivializing them, but it is like no. Oh, I just do straight up 200% damage now on every boss, and yeah, they die pretty quick now. The thing about the ashes, which I, I think it's a good thing, is that they take a lot of the boss's attention yes. a lot of the time, which yeah. which helps a lot for what this game is. Right. Um, because it definitely punishes you for playing with huge weapons, I think. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. It's a little harder to play with an enormous fucking sword and than that's it kind used of to always be. how these games work. Yeah, but I feel like it was easier before as somebody who played with big ass weapons. 
I don't know. I mean, like you said, now I can summon a little guy who will do a little jester dance and then I can wind up the power swing on my big weapon. Right. That's what I'm saying. But if you don't have, but if you are not summoning them. Oh, sure. It's, yeah, 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 it's yeah. way harder. That's fair. That's fair. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah. They need, they needed that to offset it, which is right. Good. That's why, I mean, I have not messed with a lot of the summons. I've mostly used my jellyfish the whole time because I love her. Um, yeah. But also like. She doesn't really do much damage at all. She's kind of just a tank that just sits there and occasionally hits them enough to get their attention and then uh, just eats damage while I attack them. And also, if she attacks them while I'm attacking them, it stores up the poise damage and I can get, you know, critical hits on them. Um, I think that stuff's really cool. Yeah. And they have a lot of cool summons uh, for you to play around with Definitely. if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some There's some that are like archers. There's some that are like rogue types. It's very cool. Hey, there's like a quest with the, the jar guy, right? I remember seeing that in a video. Yeah. I've met that guy one time. <laughs> yeah. And it Did was you... like after the thing that I've seen like that starts his quest. Oh, okay, so you didn't catch him at the festival? No, that, that's the only place I've caught him. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you could uh, you go find him in his hometown. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't been back there since then, I guess. Yeah, I, I didn't think he, he doesn't actually go to the town, he goes to the, the hill above it. But Okay, yeah, I can check that out then. He'll he'll tell you where he's going after that. <laughs> that town actually, is you fucking should... good. <laughs> uh, it's, it's delightful. It's so good! <laughs> um... He'll he'll tell you where he's going next from then on. Okay. Uh, and you should actually do that before you go do the mountaintop. Okay. Good to know. That is one thing that bothers me a little bit, because, like, obviously, the side quests in these games are always very obtuse. That's kind of the thing. Like, in all the Dark Souls games, you are using a walkthrough, or you are not finishing these side quests. Pretty much. Um, It's frustrating in this one in a different way, though, because people will be like, all right, well, thanks for helping me with that. I guess I'll see you later. I don't know. Might see you out there on the yeah, road, partner. I, I'm, I'm leaving, but maybe we'll bump into each other again. And it's like, could you give me, like, a hint about where you're going? Because otherwise yeah. I'm probably going to miss you because this game world's fucking gigantic. Alexander from here on will tell you exactly where he's going. That's great news. Not, like, the coordinates, but he will tell you, I'm going to be in this area. No, sure, that's fine. I don't need, yeah, anything more specific than that. Even if it's just like, oh, I think I'll travel westward from here or whatever. <laughs> give me something. Yeah, give me anything, please. The fucking lady in the church seems really cool, and I've got no idea where I can go to, like, find her again. The, the like, sick lady. Oh, yeah, the sick lady. Yeah, no, she's cool. She does uh, seem sick in a different way now. Yeah. I'm like, well, uh, I, d- I want to hang out with you more, but you didn't tell me where you're going. She doesn't know where she's going, you know? I guess that's true. I guess one that's of those true. Things. She's got to follow her destiny. Uh, and then to give Ashley something to talk about, I also watched a movie this week. <laughs> oh, what movie? I watched uh, Turning Red. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to watch that. That movie is real good. Um, it's... I feel like 3D animated movies have gotten a lot better in the last couple years. Like, they've gotten a better handle on how to, like make them more stylized in ways that I like way more at the very least. Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Verse is kind of like the big one for those, but like this one is just very, if I didn't know in advance it was a Pixar movie and it didn't have like the Pixar logo up front, I would not have guessed it's a Pixar movie. It looks very different stylistically, like the way they light scenes and the way they transition between scenes and like 
the sort of squishy way they animate the characters is really different from how Pixar usually do, does stuff, and that's that's cool to see. It's almost like that uh, if you let more than the same four people direct a movie. Yeah, that's definitely the, the movie part of it. looks yeah. different. Yeah, it is because uh, yeah, this is the lady that did uh, Bow, which is that yes. sh- the short in front of The Incredibles two, which is a better movie than The Incredibles two. <laughs> yes, Bow is uh, it's something. It's it, yeah, it's it's very weird in a, a lovely way. It is weird and it's like upsetting in exactly the kind of way I want my things to be upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Turning Red is kind of like it's kind of they she remade Bow but made it longer and less upsetting. <laughs> like it in a broad stroke sense, it's kind of the same plot, and that's fine because that's you know. I mean, obviously connects with people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, obviously she had more to, like, save through that, like, uh, you know, avenue or whatever. But, yeah, it's it's very fun. It's very funny to me to see the way it's getting, like, fucking, like, weirdos are yelling at it online. Well, people were also weirdos about Bao. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, I don't know if this is appropriate for children. Oh, Shut oh yeah, yeah. That, all that stuff is yeah, fucking uh-huh. ridiculous. <laughs> because they suggest that the thirteen-year-old girl might have gotten uh, a period. It's like, yeah, that happens to thirteen-year-old girls. I don't it's know what to tell you. <laughs> it's pretty common. Pretty common. Yeah. A lot of people have that happen to them. Uh, and also like that, like oh, she she writes fanfic. That's. Yeah, just unrealistic to me that this 13-year-old would be drawing fan art, which, it's, A, what the fuck are you talking about? That's, who do you think's drawing all this fan art? I think, uh, I think I was turning in fanfic for, like, school projects by the age of nine. Yep, same. Yeah. It just, like, like, oh, you must have just lived, like, such a different life. Yeah. Also, B, it's not even fan art. She's just doodling. Yeah. It's like anime-style doodles. It's not even fan art. She like The scene is she spontaneously realizes all at once that boys are hot and starts drawing shitty anime boys as mermaids. Yep. <laughs> See that happen in real time. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, good movie, recommend. Actually, we've been doing Uh I've, you know, still been playing my same games. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Grounded, which is... I said when I first started playing, like, oh, yeah, it's nothing special, but, like, it's good. <laughs> I think it's starting... I think it's starting to grow on me more. Starting to hit you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm gl- yeah, I'm glad, too. I watched a movie called Rad. Yeah. W- was it Rad. It was okay. <laughs> um, it did have a scene where two people on BMX bikes have, like, a dance-off. Okay. Like, they dance with the BMX bikes? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. And that's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. Uh, but then they just, like, whole kind of, like... Like, it ends with this big race that I didn't think was that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. 
Like it does the thing. Like it's one of those. It does one of those BMX races where they're like going through the woods and like it's like half like just fucking like blazing down like hills and like half like we put a log here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and that will always be cooler to me than like we were on a dirt track. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ashley's like it's no break. (laughs) Right. Real quick, uh, uh, just to circle back, because I, I missed the window for this joke, and it's not funny enough to justify this, but I'm doing it anyway. How ironic right. that a game about shrinking is growing on you. Yeah, there you right. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, I just, like... I just saw it today, and I just really... I do need to... Luke, have you seen the control your narrative shit? No, What? Oh yes. What, is this part of grounded or is this something else? No, no. this is wrestling. Oh, this I see. Is, I see. This is part of your of the ongoing process where we show you like one wrestling thing a month. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is about this as much is, wrestling things as I want to see. Yeah. So this, here we go. This is Fight Club and Bitcoin dudes came together to make a wrestling company. Okay. Should I just read these out? <laughs> yeah. By all means. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So control your narrative, rules, and rec- regulations. One, you're in control. Two, all caps, you're in control. Three, fights end when you tap out, get knocked out, can't stand or quit. Sanctioned matches can end via pinfall. Four, standard professional wrestling rules apply for sanctioned matches. Why is matches in quotes? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Also, professional wrestling is in quotes. Uh, Chaos ensues in the project pit. That that needs to know. That is part of rule four. Chaos will ensue. Yes. In the project pit. It's yes. a rule. Uh, five. No hashtag super kicks. No hashtag tope sui uh, suicidas. Okay. Suicidas. Suicidas. What? I assume those are just like moves that people feel like are played out or something. Yeah. I guess. Okay. And yeah, also no hashtag Canadian destroyers. Oh, you're right. Yeah, no hashtag Canadian destroyers. I don't know why they're hashtags. I yeah. I, I also feel, the Canadian destroyers cool. I feel yeah. like I've heard people complain that they do super kicks too much, but I also don't even know what a super kick is. It's just uh, like a kick. Yeah, it's a kick, but it's you basically extend your whole body. Uh huh. It's it is the highest kick you could probably pull off. Okay. Like if you, and it's generally from the side rather than like a straight kick. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah, Does yeah. Does that make sense? I know the yeah. kind of and kick you mean, yeah. The guy, it's, like, called a thrust kick in martial arts. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the guy who popularized it was, like, the inspiration for kind of the smaller wrestling guys that populate wrestling now. I gotcha. All right. Uh, number six, the fight isn't with your opponent. It's with yourself. That one seems Ooh. hard to enforce. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. You know, I mean, if someone does a super kick, you can blow a whistle. If somebody fails to properly, uh, like, Fight oppose themselves. themselves during a match, I don't know how you gauge that. Uh, also, someone did point out that you are in control and no super kicks are contradictory. <laughs> that is true. And the guy who's in charge just wrote, life is contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> please, rule seven, Luke. Please. Number seven. Fights will go on as long as they have two. T O O. Sanctioned quote unquote matches hit their times. 
Uh, and then eight, if you want to hashtag control your narrative, you have to fight. So this is like <laughs> the rules to fight club <laughs> mixed with some like online asshole memes about wrestling. And and uh, Sigma grind set. Yes, yeah, there's definitely some yes. of that grind set in there. You're right, you're right. I like that. I really like that. Fights end when you tap out, get knocked out, can't stand or quit. Uh, but they must hit their times first. <laughs> yes. Well, no, no, no. I think you're missing that fights and matches are different things. Yes. Well, you oh, see, okay. Yeah, matches yeah, yeah. is the fucking prissy pro wrestling. Well, it seems to be like matches are the, the like official thing, but the fights, that's that's no those, rules just right out Those are in the project house. pit, I'm guessing. The the true the true uh Ciampa Gargano situation, yeah. the right. unsanctioned matches. Uh, well, I, I think these are just unsanctioned fights. Unsanctioned matches implies that there would be <laughs> Oh I know. I listen, I was just The unsanctioned about the time match that. is purely theoretical in this framework. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was just thinking about the time like the guy got power bombed onto the concrete. Uh-huh. Oh, it's, 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 it was fucking uh, fucked up. It was fucked up, but it was so good. So did you say this is made by like Crypto Bros or something? Well, it's like if wrestling the, guys were Crypto Bros. Okay, that's one of their big sponsors is like a cryptocurrency website. Okay, okay. Is it like the the attitude of this? I can't tell if this is just uh, part of the work or if they are honestly trying to position it as, no, 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 this is going to be for real, though. I think they are trying to present it as a work, but trying to go, no, this is real. Okay, but but like the fact that they're saying, no, it's real is itself not real. Yes. That's what I believe. Okay. Like, yeah, like they're going, we're not all this fake wrestling shit. Okay. Yeah, we're and, on that real shit. Yeah, I think they specifically don't like that wrestling is its too much like ballet, man. It's too much, you know, choreographed. People doing flips and shit. Yeah. It's not about men anymore, huh? Men? Huh? Men? Men? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Uh, and yeah, these are all... The three guys who found it are all former WWE people. Okay. And people always like, oh, wrestlers should be able to do their ideas. And this is like, maybe wrestlers shouldn't do their ideas. <laughs> maybe wrestlers are just the dumbest people on the well, planet. Well, I think wrestlers should be allowed to do their ideas as long as their ideas are good. And if that sounds contradictory, well, life is contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't have a lot to talk about, but I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> no, it's fair. Like I said on Twitter, you can find this poster in every Jimmy John's across the U.S. <laughs> That's a really good tweet, Molly. <laughs> oh, terrific. Uh, Molly? Yes. What have you been up to? <sighs> Fucking playing Elden Ring, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Yeah, uh, given the and, speed at which she is consuming and reconsuming <laughs> that game, there's no time for her to be doing anything else. Well, I also did read the beginning of Fate State Night, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm getting around. Imagining a situation where you don't have time to read it, so you find the audiobook version. Oh god, I. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, it is fully voiced, it's, but it's okay. in Japanese. Well, there you it's go. in Japanese, so I can't. Ah. I, I'm not going to learn Japanese for this. I'll bet if you go on YouTube, you can find some fan dubs. I wonder if 
I could find, yeah, I wonder if I could find, like, an English patch. I'm never going to do that, but I'm no. just wondering if I could. Yeah, you know, God, I no. will bet, maybe, not, I don't know how much Fate Stay Night there is. Is it one of those where there's just, like, a million chapters of it or whatever? Uh, there are three routes. Okay. Uh, and I think uh, my friend who just read it said it was, like, 40 hours or some shit. Okay, okay. So it is, it's a book-ass book. Sure, I mean... They're probably not that long, but you can definitely find full fan dubs of, like, Phoenix Wright games, so it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, me. we made a fucking dub of Homestuck, That's so... That's true. We <laughs> did do that, didn't we? Yeah. <sighs> we made Unfortunately, choices. Unfortunately, we also put parts where we talked between the actual dub. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, it's not really viable as a dub of Homestuck. We truly all did become, fr- like, close friends doing the stupidest fucking thing with our time imaginable. Yeah, that's basically how I get into stuff with you, is that you you propose the worst idea of all time, we do it, and it works out. <laughs> that's that's really mean to Eidolon. That's just not true. Eidolon's great. <laughs> but we do do extremely stupid I mean, I, shit. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, like, hey, what if we... Hey, you and me, why don't we just make an RPG? That's not yeah. the smartest idea. And then, hey, what if we do an actual play podcast to play test it when we haven't play tested it at all and don't know we if it'll work? We haven't ever play tested it, yeah. And also, I'll do two campaigns at the same time, and they will have a complex interweaving narrative. Yeah, yeah that doesn't sound you, good. <laughs> you did keep that part. Yeah, I mean, we we made it happen. You had the Well, you had the option to stop doing that, and you did not. Uh, What do you mean? Oh, just the two campaigns thing. I mean, what was the alternative? I don't know. You could ask somebody else to host the other one. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I will tell you, Molly. Yeah. That, that is the first time that idea has ever occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> Much in the way that nobody else edited season one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I have fun doing it, so. Yeah. No, it's good. I'm just saying on paper, it's a stupid idea that shouldn't work. Yes, but you know what? Worked out we pretty got fucking there. good. Yeah, it turned out pretty fucking good. Uh, I don't think I have uh, much else to say except for sorry. That was mean. I didn't mean it to be mean. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. My feelings weren't hurt. Okay, good. Uh, you've also brought us the prisoner and Twin Peaks, so pretty much whatever's forgiven at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, y'all want to talk about Twin Peaks? We can talk about Twin Peaks, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was gonna do a joke where I have you guys seen that uh, wrestling clip with that Austin Walker put one peaks music over? Yes. No. I was just going to start recreating that entire like just recapping that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is no one would know what the fuck you're talking about except me. I yeah, I wouldn't know what the you fuck see, you're talking about. You see, that's that the problem I ran into. Yeah, yes. yeah. There's your problem right there. <laughs> I put it in our fucking group DM. I was at work. I put it in there last night. When? Oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Why won't it? I, I clicked the tweet, but it won't open. Oh, no. Hang on. We need to try a different tab. Uh, I mean, it's a long clip. I don't think you have time yeah, to watch it right now. Yeah, this is two minutes. I'm closing this. Yeah, yeah. You should yeah, watch no, it later, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it later. We're talking about Twin Peaks. We're talking about Twin Peaks uh, episode... Luke, which fif- episode is this? This is Twin Peaks episode 15, a.k.a. Twin Peaks episode 14, a.k.a. Twin Peaks season 2 episode 7, a.k.a. Lonely Souls. Hmm. Yeah, they do call it that. Can't believe you motherfuckers already knew this whole fucking time. <laughs> 
I didn't want to say anything. I asked you before we did episode one, do you know who did it? Now, in my defense, at that time, I did not know. No, you're, yes, you're the kid. I said, Ashley, DM me who you think did it, and you sent me the wrong name. I I said Bob because that's what I, like, had more known. And then, like, as we were going, Uh I realized... And also because I listen, re-listen to that podcast a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, something connected with me, and I'm like, oh, shit, they're talking about Leland. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, if you're listening to this episode of this podcast, I am just going to assume yeah, you're we, watching the we, show with just, us. You know, wait, so Leland Palmer yeah. murdered his daughter. Rip, dude. Rip, dude. And it is heavily implied in this episode that he has also been sexually abusing her for years. Yep. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, kind of just brought the room down. It. Yeah. Yeah, kind of hard to make uh, goofs on that one. Yeah. Really, no, really yeah. good material for the Attitude Era podcast. <laughs> No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were more just saying, like, oh, isn't, isn't, because, you know, we've, we've talked about Leland before. He yeah. seems somewhat of a madman. Sure. <laughs> the mad lad. Some might say some, the devil now say more than ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Since it's implied that when he turns into Bob, everything starts smelling like it's burning. Yep. God damn, I'm just thinking, I'm flashing back to all the times you've been like, man, something, oh, Leland, you're weird in this one. I'm like, god damn now, it, you knew. No, I, when he dyed his hair white, I didn't know, so I guess it was like six weeks ago or something okay, like that. Okay, okay, at least it wasn't like, as long as I thought it was. No, no, it's it's been like, I guess, that's about two months at this point. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. I was thinking you've known since like episode four or something. No, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry this has ruined your life No, it's fine, it's fine Listen, like I said, I knew before I watched a single episode of the show Because I watched the movie first God Yeah Yeah, that I can't imagine It is a weird experience um, I'm imagining watching the movie first And then the first season barely has any weirdo freak shit in it Yeah And you're like, what the fuck is happening well, well, here? That, not to, like, you know no, like, plot spoilers. The movie has a lot of weirdo freak shit up front, and then it settles down. Yeah. And then the freak shit gradually creeps back in until it hits a pitch, like, fever pitch at the end. Love it. All right, anyway. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about this episode of Twin Peaks. Yes, we find ourselves in the Great Northern Hotel. They have brought Mike here uh, in order to individually check every single person in here. Because they you know just, someone in here is Bob, but they I'm don't sorry, know who. I'm sorry, you skipping this fucking coffee scene? Uh, what coffee? You skipping scene? this delightful coffee did scene I? at the beginning where yes. everyone is at the start oh, standing right, in right, front right. of the police Excuse station? Excuse me, I did skip that scene where everybody's it's, having some coffee at so the police station. Good, <laughs> because so, they're all having coffee and donuts, and then like, but Mike is still Mike. <laughs> yes, right. He's, he's like, not Philip Gerard. He's still just like a Shakespearean ghost monster, <laughs> and he's like. Soon we will know the devil. And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. For now I dine upon this donut, but soon I shall <laughs> dine upon Bob's sins. <laughs> I wish this dude was in more stuff. I really wish he was. 
Al so Strobel, cool. a real one. Yeah. I, we joked about it in, on uh, in our DMs, but he would have been the best fucking number two in The Prisoner. In history. Yes. Unbelievably good. I was thinking yeah. about that today. There's a lot of Twin Peaks guys that would be fun number twos. Not Al Strobel tier, but... Yeah. Like... I think Jack Nance, Pete, would be a fun number two. Is like you know, kind of oh, coming he'd at you be sideways. So good, yeah. As like they're like, no, I'm your friend, right? <laughs> Six, come on, yeah. it's my birthday. Ben would be a fun number two. Ben would be a fun number two. David Lynch, pretty good number two. Probably be a pretty good number two. Yeah. <laughs> ben has maybe my favorite moment in this episode. Which is not light, like not a it's comedic not good. episode. Is it, the, is it where he just like tells everyone to go away? It's part of that, yes. Yeah, yeah. We have to talk about this episode. It's great. We have to get through it. But you know, uh, everybody's just standing around drinking coffee and donuts after, I guess, yeah. They had their like big dramatic moment with Mike, and then like the sun rose, and they're like, well... Let's uh, just have a nice little coffee break and then uh, go do some murder finding. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Gordon Cole is here with them still and, you know, still doing the Gordon Cole shtick, but he's he's headed out. He's like, all right, you guys take care of Mike. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Portland. Secret business. Real hush hush. They're making me do the thing I don't want to do on this show and tell you who the killer is. So I'm leaving. So I'm fucking out of here. This is my last directorial credit. I'll be back for the finale, but only because <laughs> fucking Kyle MacLachlan begged me to, I think. Um, yeah, but the real moment that we know that this is a David Lynch ep- you know, directed episode is, as, and, you know, as he leaves and we cut to the Great Northern... You just get bouncy balls, baby. Yeah, the, the weird uh, running gag for the Great Northern guests this week is that the Navy is here, for, and they're here to bounce some rubber balls. I was going to say, why is Twin Peaks, which is supposedly a small town in the middle of nowhere, Washington, why are they host to every convention in history? Well, I feel like some of them make more sense than others. Like, a random barbershop quartet being here. Yeah, I'll buy that. The, like, yeah, but there's also just been, like, a Miss America tryout well, happening no, in the background. Well, but it wasn't Miss America. It was, like, yeah, well, the Miss, Miss Tri-County Lumberjack yeah. Queen. Oh, okay. And that makes more sense. That does, yeah. The entire there's, Navy there's being here to show off their cool of... rubber balls makes um no sense in any level. Yeah, I I don't understand what's happening in this scene, except for Mike is telling people that Bob is not inside any of these Navy mans. Yeah. They're just, like, sailors. They got little sailor hats and, like, white gloves, hats. and they're just bouncing rubber balls. And it makes, yeah. like, the sound in this scene is very, like, oh, God, it's just, like, nonstop dribbling. Like, God, no, just shut up. It's, like, overbearing. Yeah, like, Mike is acting more and more, like, like no, yeah. no. Like, the only I, reason these Navy guys with their balls are here is to make the sound overwhelming. Yes. <laughs> and make it stressful throughout this whole I scene. I like the other real reason, uh, you know, that this was David Lynch directed is mostly that scene of Ben walking down the hallway to me. Uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's That that feels very not of what's been happening lately. Yeah, it's, it's a thing where, like, on one hand, you don't want to give... David Lynch, like, more credit. Like, a lot of people worked on this show and made the good parts good. 
On the other hand, every time there's a directed by David Lynch credit in the front, the episode's kind of just like a letter grade better than average. As yeah, far as, like, much. the camera and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I know that, like, he is not the cinematographer. No. And he is not, But, like, like it's, int- it's pretty obvious that he's bringing some kind of special sauce. Yeah, yes. he's, he is clearly involved in this process. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you feel it when he's here. Like, I'm not, I am not somebody who watches a lot of stuff. Right. You can tell, though. Yes. You can, you can feel it pretty immediately. Yeah, and there's certainly other directors on this show that do good jobs, and, like, there's there's cool shots and, like, great stuff in non-Lynch episodes, but yeah, it's there's, and, like, a consistency of quality in the Lynch ones where it's like, yeah, he's good. And whether that's, like, you know, how much of that is just Lynch, how much of that is everyone else bringing their A-game because, oh, hey, the creator of the show is doing this one. Right, and I can also see on this one, like, hey, y'all, this is the episode where we're revealing the killer. It's gotta be a barn burner. So, like, yeah, yeah you're, you're gonna be bringing your A-game for this one. Um, Which is why Catherine is gonna kiss Pete in Toja for our makeup. I... We'll get to it. I fucking hate that Toja <laughs> yeah. is in this show, and I fucking hate that he's in this fucking episode. Yep. Because this is a... This is like an eleven out of ten until you factor in the Tojimura scenes. It would it would even be closer if it was if it was front loaded. Yeah, but no, it's during the part where the music gets weird. Yep, it's all when you already know that something upsetting is brewing. We take a quick break to Tojimura. Yeah, like at the to, start to of see episode, something upsetting in a different way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it is upsetting in the we're gonna do a fake gay panic moment for a minute. Yes. At the start of this episode, I thought I, we were going to luck out because while Mike's here in this chair, they bring up Tojimura. He's like, no, get that out of here. And I thought that was going to be, oh, cool. We're just not going to have to fucking deal with Tojimura this week. That's all we're getting. They didn't even give her any racist dialogue this week. No. And sadly, no. No, no. No, no they very no, much no, no. did. They I did. Didn't notice, I didn't notice her racist teeth before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, we have to yeah. get out of this seat. Anyway, yeah, so Ben's storming down the hallway and... As he's getting closer, Mike starts having an episode. He's, like, convulsing on the floor, uh, and the Navy people will not stop bouncing their balls. They're, they do a lot of work in this episode to convince you that the killer is Ben until they reveal it super isn't. Yes. Uh, to the uh, point, well, I'll, I'll talk to it later. We, like you said, we gotta get out of this scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, I, I really love, yeah, like, the pull out as Mike starts... Uh, Having like a uh, you know convalescing yeah, uh, and he and you just get like all these sailors happily bouncing their balls. I'm just like, oh yes, uh-huh. this is the cinema, baby. <laughs> this is the cinema. <laughs> uh, and you know, then we cut to Harold's house because uh, Hawk is headed there to check up on the diary situation. Uh, Harold has hung himself. Yep, he yeah. is dead. Rip to you, but I'm different. <laughs> yep, bye, buddy. Uh-huh. We'll not miss you. Yeah. It's... I feel bad. I feel bad. Very serious yeah, subject matter. I don't want to make light of suicide, no. but also I hate that but character, and I'm glad I don't have to look guy. at him anymore. Yeah, this guy yeah. has the worst creep vibes in history. Just fucking sucks. Sucks that he killed himself. That's bad. Uh, but also, goodbye. Yeah, he's just... Yeah. He's got intense incel energy, and... He killed himself because a girl was mean to him. Yep. And, yeah, listen. Well, 
the girl did betray his his like deepest fear and trust, but you know what? Yeah, but his deepest fear and trust was that she might try to read the crucial evidence in a murder case that he's keeping from everybody and won't let them look at. So I was know, more I was more talking about like the agoraphobia thing. Yeah, but that part didn't even bother him that bad in the long. Like, I know it bothered him in the moment, but he got over it. Quick. Yeah, but he got over it fast. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're listen, not wrong. do not uh d- like mistake our hatred of Harold for a like for a non-belief in like these anxiety disorders these sure. anxiety yes. disorders or a lack of sympathy for suicidal thoughts Harold is not a piece yes. of shit because he's depressed or agoraphobic he's a piece of shit because he's a piece of shit yeah because he because ma- he uh, he has girls read out their like talk about their sexual encounters yeah, in with front of him. Underage girls yeah, talk, he keeps God, detailed notes on yeah, sexual encounters relayed to him by teenagers. Yeah, bye. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Um anyway, we cut to a painting of Missoula, Montana. It's just a nice painting of a moose labeled Missoula, Montana. And that's Nothing fine. bad's gonna happen here. Nothing bad's gonna happen here as we start to hear the, like, spoken word intro to What a Wonderful World. Yeah. Yep, we are in the Palmer's house. It's, like, morning. Uh, Leland and Sarah are reading the paper. And this is the most haunted this place has looked in a while. <laughs> Which is funny because yeah. nothing, like, overtly bad happens in this scene. No. It's just like, as soon as you see this, you're just like, the vibes in this place, no good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh No good at all. Yeah, so Maddie sits down between them and explains that she's had uh, a nice time staying, but, you know, she came for the funeral and to help them out, like, in the wake of it, and they're kind of picking themselves up, and she's got a life to get back to. You know, what she said to James last time. Uh, Yeah, listen, I got a job. Yeah. I have an apartment. She has an apartment, and yeah. also, frankly, Leland, you're on trial for murder. I don't want to be here for that. That's tr- That doesn't come up at all. <laughs> yeah, but he is still on house arrest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, weird to me that we never get any reaction from Sarah about the fact that her husband it, murdered a man. Yeah, yeah. It, like, one of my big bummers in season two that is, you know, not like the established bummers yeah. uh, is just how much... They have, like, minimized Sarah. Yeah, I really wish Sarah was in there more. Yeah, and uh, clearly she would have also been a victim of this abuse, so... Yes. uh, So far, it is kind of startling that we have not gone into that, which I guess there's still plenty of time for that to happen, given there's plenty more of the season to go. Yep. But it's weird. Also a little film called Firewalk With Me. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it is it is weird that it is not here yet. I I mean yeah, yeah I, it's it's we don't know what is going on with Sarah later in this episode, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also yeah, just she seems like she's such a great actress and yes. we were talking about how great she was in the first season and it just really feels like she's got not a lot to do in this season. I agree 100%. They they really gave her the short shrift. Um also getting the short shrift Lucy. Where the fuck is Lucy? <laughs> I know. Yeah, but she's yeah, like, so she left. No, uh, yeah, she left for her abortion yep. like like three episodes three or ago. four episodes ago. Yeah, and just yeah, that, gone. Yeah. I uh, a while ago I linked y'all uh, a David Letterman segment with Lucy's actress, who 
it's very clear that she's not comfortable being on a talk show and, like, isn't used to doing this, for one thing. Yeah. But, like, he asked her, like, oh, so yeah, Twin Peaks, the show's crazy. Like, what's what's going on? Can you tell us anything? He's like, and her answer is just like, oh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm on that show, but I'm not really on that show. <laughs> like, <laughs> which does not feel like something you... <laughs> they would like you to say when you go on to promote no. the TV show. Like, yeah, I used to be on that show. Now I'm on, like, a dumb sitcom with Andy and Dick Tremaine, and I don't know. It's not as good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the problem is it's really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> David Letterman asked her, like, yeah, no, I mean, do you think they're going to spin that off? It'd be great. And she's like, you know, a lot of people have talked about that to me, and none of them are the people that write checks, so I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Queen. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, Kimmy Robertson seems all right. (laughs) But yeah, so... Uh, Secret Diary, Laura Palmer. uh, Yeah, Maddie, when she first says, I'm going home, Leland has like a split second where he's way angrier than he should be, and then he like settles down. Yeah. Like, you kind of blink and miss it. If you don't know how this episode ends, you might not really think anything of it, but like... Oh, that's the moment where he decides he's killing this girl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he is... He and Bob have already decided to kill Maddie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Bob's been haunting her basically since she showed up. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is, I I don't remember if... I think Sarah also has a weird reaction. I think she has kind of a panicked reaction. The the impression I get is Sarah's kind of like, you know... You're a nice girl who looks exactly like my daughter that I lost, and I've kind of, like, yes. been leaning on you very hard, and, yeah, I guess you do need to go home, but boy, that, ooh, that hurts. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also, maybe she does not want to be left alone with Leland. Also right, that's what I'm saying, like, that. you're kind of, you're kind of drawing a little bit of attention here, and it's been a decent breather. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, like, even if... Leland is the devil. He has had to have a certain amount of <laughs> fucking, like, decency. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, and, like, Leland, like I said, he kind of has, like, a quick look on his face of, like, what the fuck did you just say? But then he settles into, like, very kind and paternal, like, oh, no, honey, we completely understand. You've got your own life, and, hey, you know, we'll we'll get on without you. You should go home and, and live your life, and you'll come visit us, right? Like, just the sweetest, nicest person possible yeah and god it just it is stomach turning once you know what's about to happen yep yeah um but yeah so that happens and where do we go from there harold's place all right we're back in harold's place they're investigating um yeah uh they find his suicide note yeah, the, there's, Which like, a is, guy taking crime photos with, like, an old-fashioned, like, 1930s flashbulb camera. Yeah, he's got sense. the biggest flash in, in history. Yeah, just so that there can be, like, big, like, pops of light every couple seconds. Yeah, that's that's the good shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it his suicide note is French for I am a lonely soul. Right, which is the same thing that baby David Lynch said to Donna right before she met Harold. Oh, yeah, I guess he did, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's fine. That's normal. Yeah, whatever. I was more like, all right, you fucking nerd. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it's very normal that the creepy little boy that can teleport creamed corn can also <laughs> uh, have psychic visions of suicide notes. 
That's uh, just because he's know. David Lynch. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. practicing magic. Dude, I wish I was practicing magic. <laughs> you you kind of conquered magic, and then you gave it. You was like, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of gave up on the whole thing, huh? Mm. That's true. What are we talking I'm about? I'm better off for it. Magic the Gathering, I assume? Oh. Yeah, I was making a joke. The Gathering, of course. I haven't played Magic the Gathering in like three years, man. Yeah. It's nice. But yeah, they realize that all the ripped up papers all strewn on the floor are the pages of Laura's diary that Harold ripped apart before he killed himself. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we cut God, to... Why, yeah, go ahead. Why would you do this? You know, just, I know yeah. it's just in a fit of anger, but dude, yeah. th- clearly that is evidence. You right. know this. Yeah. And, and also, if you actually care about Laura, well... Yeah. It's because he thinks that, the, like, he was given this. Yeah, so he's going to be implicated. Well, and not even that. I, like, that he... That this information belonged to him. Yeah. Oh, like it's his duty protected. Right. His living novel doesn't belong to anybody but him. Yeah, I, I wasn't even saying protected. It's just like, no, I can't let, like, this is just for my enjoyment. Right. Oh, okay. She yeah, gave yeah, it yeah. to me, and that means you can't read it. Period. Yeah. Because uh, Harold is a shithead. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, meanwhile, we go to uh, Shelly's house where her and Bobby are sitting at the table with Leo doing, uh, like, bills. And uh, it's just real, like, Shelly's like, okay, well, when we add this all up, after all the payments I have to make, I'm going to have uh, $42 a week to live on. Uh, and... Yeah, she's like, what are we going to do? And Bobby says, like, what do you mean we? Yeah, we. I've, I've been telling my parents I have to, like, I'm sleeping over with Mike. They're not going to let me do that every night. I got to go home. Like, I'm missing how, I'm missing well, geography listen, class right now. I'm, no, he says he's missing economics, please. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. <laughs> listen, we, we have been, like, didn't you hear the, uh, the podcast? They've been talking about how I'm missing school. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so she mean like, yeah, I didn't mean you and me, dipshit. I meant me and Leo, you know, the uh, catatonic man that you fucking have forced me to have to take care of. Yeah. Because it's your bright fucking idea. Yeah. This is this is why it's so weird to me. I guess I guess Shelly has to be his age. Yeah, because there's no way she would like. Because there's bl- no way yeah. you go along with the 18 year old's idea if you're like 25. Yeah, no, no. She. I mean, I guess it's possible, but man, I think she is 19 at most. And, yeah, and probably. like she spent that last year trapped in this house with Leo. Right, and she's probably only like uh, she's probably only like a year ahead of these uh, of the kids, yeah. the other like teens, or maybe two years at most. Right. And, like, you know, she drops out to go do it. Anyway, the whole thing is, it's very clear that Leo's just the worst scumbag. We knew that, but, like, it's very clear here. Yeah, yeah because uh, he suddenly starts, like, sputtering and saying new shoes. Yes. Because uh, Leo needs a new pair of shoes. He told Bobby yes. that, like, ten episodes ago. <laughs> yes. Um, and that kind of Which gets... is funny, because that's what I thought it was getting at, but no, it's a different clue. It's a different but it does get Bobby thinking like, hey, wait a sec. Leo did like drug crimes. He should have like thousands of dollars. Where's that? Yeah. He was like buying Corvettes. <laughs> yeah, where'd he get the Corvette money from, Shelly? I recently gave him $15,000. <laughs> or I was about to. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
That's true, yeah. I know for a fact that he has at least $7,500. Yes. Um, uh, and so, yeah, his, like, he kind of, like, pulls what he always does, which is, like, don't worry, baby, everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> right, and I feel like Shelly is running out of patience for that, but she hasn't run out of it yet. Not quite. Like, Almost. it takes a couple more babies before she goes along with it each time, but she does go along with it in the end. Yeah. Well, she doesn't really have much other choice right now. That's true. What options does she have? Um, yeah, so we cut... Oh, right. she mentions that, like, oh, yeah, new shoes. Um, he had some boots he had me take in to get repaired. He's like, oh, fuck, go get them. That might be something. Yeah, give me the receipt so I can go pick them up. Yeah. Uh, we cut uh, to Ben and Audrey, and Audrey's like, Hey, Dad, I know you um, own an illegal brothel where you traffic teenage girls, idiot. And he's like, Hmm, okay. Like, he's like, how, how much do you know? And he's like, Yeah, how, mm, yeah, how much do you know? Well, you almost had, you almost raped me, so... So, yeah, I know a little bit, and he's like, ah. Yeah, he is, he's just like, well... Not getting out of this one. <laughs> yeah, I guess you do know everything on this one. So she starts grilling him about Laura, and he's like, yeah, she worked there, but I didn't know about it because Battis did that, not me. But I did also sleep with her while she was up there, even though I didn't know she was there. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, I loved her, and also check out my framed photo of Laura on my desk. <laughs> Why is it the biggest photo on his desk? Yeah. He should have been arrested from that alone. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Disgusting, uh, man. Yeah, bad person. Yeah. Well, yeah, Bidhorn should be arrested. He should not be arrested for... <laughs> right, they arrested for the <laughs> one thing he shouldn't be arrested for later. Well, they do say questioning, not that he's being charged with it, at least, I guess. That's true. That's true. But not much better, frankly. Yeah. Uh, he gives a whole terror like, no, of course I didn't kill Laura. I loved Laura. Which. <sighs> no good. And also, those are not mutually exclusive. Also that, because he actually doesn't yep. say no. He just says, I loved her. Yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, I assume to make him sound as guilty as possible. Right, for this they episode. really want yeah. to gas you up to think that Ben's the killer. Yeah. Which, to me, like. Basic oh, he's, rules of he's fiction. He's too evil. Of course it's not Ben. That's too obvious. Yeah, yes, like, he's too we evil. Saying. It's the same reason that, like, obviously it's not Leo. Yes. What were you saying, Ashley? Yeah, it was what we were saying yes, uh, last week, which was just like, hey, this is like, he, like, you know, Leland's the devil, but, like, obviously Ben is, like, the most uh, like outwardly evil person in Twin Peaks. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's not him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I think the the fact that um, Leland hasn't been working at the Great Northern recently is kind of a good play for like that. It's somebody who's been at the Great Northern a lot, right? Uh, but also, that him. doesn't get said until after he's finally back at the Great Northern. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely right. They're they're doing everything yeah. they can to swerve on. Yes. You. To yeah. 
Um, we cut to the double R where Shelly is explaining to Norma that she needs to quit her job to take care of Leo. And it's, she's doing a good job. I, she like starts the scene like trying to be very calm and formal. And like the further she gets into what she's trying to say, she like cracks up more and more. Yeah. Norma's just sweet and nice. Love a Norma. Yeah. Love a Norma. This, this is, is the yeah, first this is Norma the content. Only, yeah. And listen. <laughs> I know it's not real, but the the Norma. <laughs> yes, Ashley, please. Uh, no, the Norma Shelley. Uh, yeah. Ship. I, I'm I'm hanging on to it in these trying times. <laughs> I, I have not looked into Twin Peaks shipping. I feel like that's gotta be a popular one. I don't know. No, I, I think it might be. I mean, maybe because only because the only other like girl girl option is like Laura and Donna. I guess yeah. I guess Laura and um, Audrey, but I doubt that. Donna and Audrey. Yeah. Yeah. No. Listen. It's it's Truman Cooper. Then Cooper uh, self. Yeah. Or like Cooper, like <laughs> Cooper author, reader. Insert, yeah. yeah, reader. Cooper uh, and Diane exclusively J O I stuff. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I'm gonna guess that it's a bunch of Audrey Cooper. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's probably a ton of that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway. it's a sweet scene. They're good friends. I like them. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I again, this is like the first time we see Norma for real this season. I feel like. It's definitely the most extended Norma stuff we've gotten. We've gotten her, like, yeah. popping in now and then, or, like, doing stuff with Hank. With the, the, yeah. Where the scenes have been more about Hank. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely... And, yeah, we haven't seen Hank since he got captured in Evil Canada. That's true. Hank's oh, he's, MIA. Oh, that motherfucker dead. Yeah. And Norma's not that concerned about it. <laughs> I would no. not be either. No. It's funny to me that she's not even like, I wonder where Hank went. She's just fully, well, like... Good. <laughs> I mean, she hasn't talked to anybody else since since that happened. So that's true. Uh, I imagine she's like, well, I can't report him missing because then it'll be very clear that he's like violated his parole. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'll just keep this on the down low. Yep. Uh, Ed and Nadine come in. Nadine, of course, still a teenager. Oh boy. Oh. Boy. <laughs> oh. Remember when I said this was going to be either the best thing ever or the worst? Yeah. <laughs> think we might be trending towards worst. I actually, uh, this is the Nadine scene I've liked the most out of this really? dumb plot. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, maybe it's just because it's um just, what is what is the word I'm looking for? It It's just dire. Uh-huh. Just like very, like, the, the situation is uncomfortable. It is, this is cringe to me. Sure. <laughs> but... But not in the, like, sense where, oh, you're losing subscriber. This is just, like, full body, like, oh, God. This is just, you cannot stand the thought of being in this scenario. Yes, yes. Yeah. This is this is embarrassment to me to the level I cannot comprehend. Right, right. Which isn't her fault, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because Norma walks in, or walks up to them and is like, oh, what can I get you? And I guess Norma has not been given the memo about what's going on with Nadine. And uh, she's like, "What, well, Norma, when did you get a job here? And Norma's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've worked here 20 years. I own this place. And yeah. then, like, Ed is like, a couple weeks. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, she's just kidding with you, hon. She's worked here a couple weeks. And Norma just like looks at him like, yeah, sure, I guess. Why not? Yeah. Uh, it. I guess it only has been like a couple days. Yeah. Because each of these episodes is in theory just one day. Yeah, yeah. I think like less than that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes less, sometimes like a little more, but on average, yeah, about a day and ep. Yeah, and Nadine woke up in season two, so... Right. ...has not been very long. So yeah. I, I can imagine how word would not get out that fast. Right. Other than I feel like the first person Ed would call to talk about this would be Norma. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, also he has a super-powered amnesiac living with him. Maybe he hasn't had the opportunity. I don't he's think he's got his time. balls punched, like, a lot. Yeah, also <laughs> Like, that. a lot. Also, all of the glassware in his home is destroyed. Yes. Uh, so she... <laughs> Nadine orders them two chocolate shakes, and I just like... No, just just coffee for me. <laughs> Ed's Please. so tired. He's so tired. Uh, yeah, Nadine asks Shelly if she's in her class, and Shelly's like, no, I'm gonna go get the stuff, because this is uncomfortable. Yeah, I hate all of this, so goodbye, folks. Later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nadine uh, yeah. talks about, like, oh, wow, man, I went I went to Europe with my parents for a few months, I come home, everything's different, dang, wow. <laughs> but, you know, it's yeah, all right, like, yeah. we're, we're staying at, oh, da- wait, Ed, is it your parents' house or my parents' house? Hold on. And he just does not answer. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ed is just yes-anding his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, Nadine is like, oh, Norma, you're not mad at me, right? I just I just really like Ed. He told me that y'all broke up, but you, you don't care, right? Do you? Uh, and Ed is just like looking at the counter like, oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, and, and then Nadine starts like, like just cuddling up to Ed in front of Norma. And is like, you don't mind this, right? And Norma's like, no, why would I care? Yeah, Norma's just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 I feel like dying, but why should yeah, I like care? Every, everyone except Nadine in this scene wants to die. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then Nadine grabs her milkshake and says, I am just so happy. And then crushes the glass between her hands and, like, cuts her hands up. There Oopsie. is so much blood. She cuts There's her so hands much a lot. Blood. Yeah. And I, then she makes out with Ed. Yes. Yeah. You know. The whole... And I could only think about both the, like, sticky milkshake and the blood getting in his hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she's got whipped cream and blood all over her hands. She's into it, dude. <laughs> Nadine, you a freak for real. <laughs> like, the whole teenage Nadine thing is, like, whether you like it or not, it's silly, right? Yeah. I kind of like this scene because I feel like there's a little more, like... Like, I'm not, Nadine's not faking this. I'm not trying to say she is, but, like, it's a psychosomatic thing, right? And I feel like you can kind of tell that there's, like, things about this situation that are setting her off in certain ways. Like, the fact that Ed and Norma are here, and then she starts talking about how happy she is through gritted teeth before she smashes the glass. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there, yeah. Like, there is more, like, grounded emotions happening underneath like the goofy cartoon high school stuff. There are very much layers to this. Yeah, in a way that there hasn't been with this so far. 
Yeah, because mostly they're just, like, introducing her to characters who don't matter for her. Right, and then she breaks something and has a comedy laugh moment. Yeah. Where it's like, it's or not she really funny when she breaks something in this scene. It's no, upsetting. No, it's distressing, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just, yeah, I, 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 was, I talked about earlier, like, this is not what I want Ed or Norma to be doing. I do agree with that. Yeah, I but, still, this is not my favorite thing. If it's gotta be here, I would prefer it to be scenes like this. Yeah, but also I, I just kind of picture that this is going to be, not be what we get most of the time. Right, right. Well, I yeah, we'll hopefully. see. It's either going to be the best thing or the worst thing. Yep. <laughs> Those are the outcomes. Those are the outcomes. Uh, we cut back to Leo's house. Uh, I guess while Shelley's at work here, Bobby and we got we got Snake back, baby. Yeah, Mike. Mike is here. <laughs> Mike is the like, other Mike. Oh, you guys were still paying me? <laughs> <laughs> so for some reason, they've decided to bring these shoes back in front of uh, Leo to bust them open. Because what they would love to happen is for him to uh, like come back and then remember all this shit and have him want to kill them more, I guess. Right. Yeah. Bobby is just desperately tempting fate at every turn. Yes. Uh, so he's got the boots, and uh, Mike suggests, well, I don't know, sometimes people like hide stuff in the, the soles or something. Go get a hammer. And what I assume Mike meant was for Bobby to use the claw end of the hammer to pry the sole off. No. Nope. Yeah, no. But what Bobby does instead is do the worst job possible hammering the sole. He misses it like half of his swings. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> But he eventually gets it to pop open a secret compartment in the heel where there's a mini cassette. Hmm. What could that it's be? It's not money. Yeah. But it's something. Dang. Maybe that's evidence that Cooper's the real killer because he's the only one we know that uses mini cassettes. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing keeping this in his damn shoes? <laughs> this is going to lead to the plot twist that uh, Leo was Diane all along. Or, uh, or this leads to that, like, tells you the location of a drug drop or something. I guess it could be. That, I would assume it's something like that, yeah. Because, I, yeah. Because I think I remember shoe, what it is, but I, I'm not 100% sure. Because the shoe repair guy is giving him the dead drop locations. Yeah. In his boots when he gets them fixed. I don't know, man. This is stupid. Because if, if I remember right, like, this, the brand of boot has come up a lot. Well, yeah, because it's, it's the brand that only uh, Philip Gerard sold. Right, Leah, right. So does this implying, then, that Philip Gerard is part of the drug trade? Well, he's definitely selling shoes. He's selling shoes with secret compartments in the soles. Well, I mean, who knows if that's him or the repair guy. I guess that's true. That could be retrofitted. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. there's a different repair guy that they brought this to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't, we We're don't see Mike after this. this. That it might just be happen. Mike. I guess. I don't I, think it I is. Mean, I'm just I'm just delighted by the idea of Philip Gerard secretly being the kingpin behind all of this. I mean, that is delightful. Well, and like Mike is like, listen, I had to get someone a bit evil. Yeah. You can't just go, you know, <laughs> be a demon and then possess someone who's not a bit evil. <laughs> right, right. Uh, we cut to Cooper working through the scraps of Laura's diary in the police station. He's talking to Diane as he kind of like 
tries to make sense of it. Um, there's a lot of references to her being molested by Bob. Yeah, and that, that Bob has been with her through most of her life. Yes. Uh, she says that he is a friend of her father's, and then also one day she's going to tell the world the truth about Ben Horn. Yep. Which, you know, yeah, again, really yeah. trying to... Yeah, oh, Bob's Ben Horn, got it. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, we only... Her, her dad has two friends, and one of them's evil, so... That's so funny. I didn't even, like, I thought these were two completely separate thoughts. Oh. <laughs> maybe maybe because it's so obvious that it's not Ben. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, again, you're supposed to, like, it's very obviously not written as the same. Right. Thought, but you can very easily take it as the same thought. Yeah. Yeah. Which no, gets... totally. I. It's just. It's just the thing where I am just so convinced it wasn't Ben. Right. Well, because yeah. you knew. Also, you knew who it well, was. Also, I mean, yes, but also obviously it's not Ben. That's not how fiction works. No. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and but yes, then, I yeah, did. That, know. that connection gets hammered home all the more for Cooper, though, when Audrey comes in. Is like, hey, yeah, I talked to my dad, and he's like, he runs One Eyed Jacks, and also uh, was having sex with Laura. He said he didn't kill her, but, like, come on, man. Yeah, but, like... <laughs> she basically says, she's going to arrest him or what? Yeah. Also, there's all it, those other crimes I told you about. Yeah. <laughs> like, at minimum, he is admitted to statutory rape at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Cooper's just like, huh. Yeah, that makes... Friend of you... Yeah? Okay, yeah, I guess he is a friend of Laura's dad. Well... Well, uh, anyway, then we get everyone's favorite character. Oh, yeah, is this... Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the first of the two. Yeah. Two! At least he doesn't get much dialogue in this first one. Yeah, he's just kind of there. He's just kind of there. Uh, And, yeah, they're talking, like, Jerry's in... Japan and has vetted Mr. Tojimura. I don't know how Catherine set yeah, that I'm up. I'm about to say, like, how? 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 Yeah, what the fuck did Catherine do? <laughs> She's wealthy by small town standards. She's not, like, a rich kingpin. I assume she's stealing someone's identity. I, yeah, you're probably right. That would make sense. Yeah, that's... That seems it, like the easiest way to do this. Yeah. It's the 90s. It's really easy just to say you are someone. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And if they go to Japan, they're like, hey, do you have a Mr. Tojimura here? And they're just like, yeah, we do. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. thanks. I assume that's all Jerry does. Right. That, that's yep, true. The last time we heard about him being in Japan, like, Ben was explicitly said that he's probably just fucking some gay shit. Right. I do think that came up. Uh, so they're in the middle of like, okay, great. Yep. We're all set to sign these contracts. And then before that can happen, uh, Cooper and the cops come in and... Uh, Ben's just like, hey, excuse you, I'm in a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> this bit is great in this scene. <laughs> this is a good scene. This bit's so good, and it's, again, one of the... Just, I said it last week with Jack Nance, it's true with Jack Nance this week. It is rude to everybody else to put fucking Mr. Tojimura in this scene while they're all doing such a good job. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, um, yeah, because, yeah, he's just like, you're insane. Yeah. Insane. You, you want to um, arrest me? Yeah. Get out of here. I'm, I'm, go away. Go away. I'm, I'm going to go get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes like, I'm going to go get a sandwich. And he, then he goes to his crime door. He goes, he goes to the, the crime, crime door. door. 
And then they like get up. He just goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> so good. What was your thought process here, dude? <laughs> well, if I go through my crime door, they won't see me. I'm an important man. That means they're not allowed to arrest me. Lawman can't see the crime door. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, like, oh, shit. Like, if we went in there, we'd be crime guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't pass. The threshold cannot be broken. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things where, like, I I like what Catherine's doing in this scene, other than the part where she's, the part of what she's doing is racism. Because the part where she's just standing there quietly, just watching, like, huh. Well, that was a freebie. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, all right, well, this kind of worked itself out, huh? Again, if she was just in, like, a cowboy a outfit. cowboy hat and a big bushy mustache. Yep. This I, could have all been avoided. It would have all been fun. Yeah, it's just such a... I, I was thinking about this on the drive home. Is every Asian character in Twin Peaks related to doing crime? Yeah, that's true, because yep. they end up all connected to the fucking, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> perhaps the only in- the only maybe innocent one is Catherine's assistant, who presumably just got paid to stand here and look official. But also not a character. Also not yeah. a character, yeah. Yeah. He is set dressing. He's just a guy. Yeah. But yeah, again, yeah, everybody's doing a great job other than the racism. Yeah, and like I was like, I was like, well, it's a, it's like a crime-based show. I'm like, yeah, but like, not everyone in the town is involved in crime, right? Even then, not everyone is involved in doing crimes. Yeah, <laughs> I would say most people aren't involved in crime; they're just involved in drama. Yeah, yeah. And some it's of like the 50, drama 50. is like yeah. related to people who are doing crime, right? Yeah, it it's just like man, yeah, man, um. uh. But uh, we cut from that to um, well, just the Palmer House. Normal shit. This is a, this is the second you know everything is going to go so badly. The uh, the record that uh, what a wonderful world was playing on is still in the record player and still running, but the music has stopped and it is just ominously clicking repeatedly. Oh, it's so good. And it's the camera so is just doing these weird wandering movements. You're seeing like. We've seen this set a lot, but it's from angles we've never seen it from before. Like the car- the camera's like in the carpet, like just kind of yeah, moving around. It has around. never looked more like a set than it does here in like the best way. Yeah, yeah. Really quick. What's the... I... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say about the last scene, I do like Ben going, you can't do this to me. And Cooper going, it's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's my man. It's already done. Yeah. And I was then, gonna yeah, say, as oh, go ahead. I all I was gonna say is that like the first, the first, even just like the establishing shot for the Palmer like living room, it's just like uh oh, yeah, like oh <laughs> just, no, <laughs> yeah, because because just like the the record player is in like the corner, and then you just see the chairs, and it's like oh no, yeah, it's <laughs> oh, an no. empty room, and it is the most upsetting empty room I've ever seen. Yes, yeah. it's, it's uh, because it's not like. You know, if I was thinking of an upsetting empty room, I would think, like, the wallpaper's peeling or, like, there's mold everywhere. Like, no, it's just yeah. a normal living room, and I'm very scared of it. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's also especially because, you know, you're expected to, like, oh, they just arrested the guy. And then it's like, oh, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching now. It's also, like, 
the camera's not on a tripod, and it's not moving much, but it's very gently moving in that first shot in a way that it's just like, ugh. And yep. then how Sarah enters the scene is so fucking unnerving. Yeah, we cut to the staircase where she is, like, sliding down it hand first. Like, her hand is just, like, following yeah, the contours see, of the steps. Like, the hand, like, reaching down first. It's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it is not an angle that people interact with staircases in. As she is just, yeah, like, crawling down the stairs backwards and yelling out for Leland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just all that happens here for now. <sighs> she Oh, she gets <sighs> to the bottom of the stairs and passes out, and we get a shot of the ceiling fan, which uh, we yeah. also saw way back in, like, the first episode when she was realizing that her daughter was missing. Yep. Yeah, like that. That shot of the ceiling fan kind of starts to turn into here. Like that's just synonymous with bad times. Bad times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. So they get back to the police station, uh, and they have like they take Ben down to the holding cell, but then uh, Harry and Tr- and Cooper turn, and the log lady is in the corner. Her log juts into the foreground dramatically. <laughs> Yeah, her it's log really is... It's really good, the, actually. Uh, the log is introduced before the lady. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, the log does come first in the name. That's true. She's not Lady Log. She is the yeah. log lady. Right, that's true. Lady Log is a character from Eidolon. <laughs> yeah, that's an Eidolon character. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I, she says, like, I don't know what will happen or when. Or something like that. Uh, what's the line? But there yeah, are we don't owls know in the roadhouse. Or when, but there are owls in the roadhouse. Oh. Oh. Well. I guess we're going to the roadhouse then. Just kidding. We gotta go see Pete. Oh, we gotta go see Pete. Do we have to? Yeah, Pete has to get kissed on the lips by Tojimura. Yep. Yeah. He has to drop all his cookies and milk. Pete's making himself midnight cookies and milk again. Yeah. Love Pete. Love you. Jack Nance. It's yeah. rude to keep putting him in scenes with Tojimura. Yeah, stop doing this to me. Quit making him act opposite to a hate crime. Please? <sighs> yeah. Uh, Tojimura emerges from the shadows of his house and he's like, what, what the fuck are you doing here? And Tojimura grabs him and gives him, like, a big, like, Bugs Bunny kiss on the lips. Yeah. Uh, and he, like, freaks out. He's like, yeah, you listen here, buster. And again, I'm imagining this scene with a big bushy mustache, and it's funny. And instead, this sucks. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, but uh, Catherine's like, it's me. It's me. Hey, look, it's me. Yeah, and she uh... drops the racist Tojimura voice. I'm like, oh, thank God. And then she immediately starts doing Puts it again. Puts it back on? Come on, like, dude! Fuck you! Yeah, and then, like, you get a, a really big smile so you can see, like, the makeup fucking, like, straining against her skin and her racist-ass teeth. And her racist teeth! Why do they do racist teeth? They didn't yep. have to do that! Yep. Oh, my God, you guys. It's really bad. Meanwhile, yeah, Jack Nance really trying to act this scene like in a heartfelt way as he's like, yeah, he's he he, he is again too good for this bullshit. Yes, yep. like the like his face cycles through like ten emotions in quick succession in a way that's just like, oh, oh, 
Yeah. God, I wish the reverse shot wasn't this. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's his wife. Yeah, we talked about it last yeah. time. Uh, Jack Nance did not know that Piper Laurie was Mr. Tajimura until they filmed this scene. Oh my god. Yeah, like they gave him yeah. the script for this scene to get ready for it, and that was how they told him that it's been Piper Laurie the whole time. Oh my god. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know what the benefit of that is. <laughs> I yeah, guess... it just seems like a really dumb thing. Like, yeah, go ahead, Molly. I don't remember. Go ahead. I was just like, I guess the idea is, well, you know, we gotta, you know, we want the surprise to be real, but like, he's an actor. Yeah. He, his Listen. job is to play pretend. Just tell him what you want to pretend. Yeah. It's really easy to do acting when you hire actors. Yeah. That's that's always been the stupid thing about, like, method actors to me. Like, bro, this is you don't have to make it. It's a job. You're doing your job. Right. Um, it's, it's not that I, serious. I'm looking up. Uh, this is supposed. It's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like quotes. Uh, that is supposedly from uh, Dust, uh, the, uh, from Lawrence Livrier to Dustin Hoffman, who was doing some method acting on uh, the set of Marathon Man. Uh huh. Where, uh, like, when Dustin Hoffman explained all the stuff that he was doing to stay in character, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Olivier just said, uh, "My dear boy, why don't you try acting?" Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just I just don't think it's that hard. Yeah, listen, I It seems like most <laughs> actors do it without doing all the bullshit. <laughs> As the only person here who has been uh like had several years of training as an actor. Sure. Yeah. Um I understand why in some situations people do it. Okay, sure. And like, never to the extent of what people, like, the worst of the worst people do. Right. But, like, there is something like, like, I have to go to this point at least once just to understand what it is to feel this. Sure, sure. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess and, I understand more if it's, like, between takes or something. Right. Or, like, I can understand the idea that, like, playing a, a role that has, like, a lot of extreme emotions with it would be, like, emotionally taxing or something. You know, I get that. Like, um, Cheryl Lee has talked about, like, she didn't do, like, method acting for Laura Palmer, but she's like, yeah, it was kind of, like, really intense uh, when we were doing the movie, and I had to be in, like, a really... Laura's life kind of sucked really bad, and I had to be in kind of a really rough headspace to get the... to, like, portray it right, and, like... It kind of messed me up for a while after that. It took a while to, like, come out of that. Yeah. It makes sense to me, at least. Yeah. Um, It's the the stuff where I start, like, getting, like, not really, like, believing it. Yeah. Or, like, not believing, but, like, like, just not understanding it. Right. Um, It's... Like, yeah, people who decide that they're going to live this character. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get that. And, like, I am going to embody this 24-7. It's like, all right, like, from what point is this, like, helping you? And at what point is this just 
you being difficult and like wanting yeah. to like create this mythos around you. Well, and it's like the fucking Robert Pattinson quote about it where he's like, yeah, you never hear about anybody like really committing to staying in character 24 hours about being like a nice person that everyone likes. Right. It's only yeah. when they're playing assholes and annoying people. It's the same way that I consider people in wrestling who live the gimmick of being asshole heels. Right. Yeah. It's so a lot stupid. of the time they just end up being actual assholes. Right, right. Also, uh, living the gimmick is a really great way to just pass off any responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so I just don't like just tell Jack Nance what the deal is so he can, like, yeah, I was going to bring this up in a little bit here, but we might as well talk about it now since we're having this conversation. Um, David Lynch and Mark Frost knew who the killer was from the first episode and did not tell anybody else. Okay. Yeah, sure. Like, I don't like fucking tell Ray Wise that he's the murderer. Like <laughs> I, I can understand tell Ray Zabriskie that her husband is abusive so that she can like layer that into her performance. Okay, sure, but I also, I get, I get, like, if it's him and he's just the nicest guy in history, that is more upsetting when you do find out. Oh, I agree. I, I'm just saying, like, I feel I like I guess you can... since they never planned on revealing it, maybe tell them, but yeah. if they're going to be pressured into it, I guess it works out. I, just I don't feel know, like, I'm of two like minds about this. Bring them in as a collaborator on how to do that, right? Like, explain, like, no, 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 we don't want you to play as though you're the killer at all. Just sure. be a normal, nice dad. Sure. And that, like, yeah. that's the horror of it. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's, it's weird. It, like, they didn't even tell the other writers on the show. That's weird. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, that to me just, like, reeks of, like, self-importance. And, you yeah. know, I've, I've loved a lot of their work in this TV show. Right. But, it yeah, it just kind of feels like... Oh, but, like, we, we're, like, the guys. Yeah, we're the keepers. Well, and, like, we're this is gonna be something we come back to a good bit, you know, probably for this whole season and definitely in the next couple episodes. Like, their big thing was, yeah, we didn't know how to keep the show going once we had to reveal who the killer was. Maybe if you would let the writers know who the killer was, they would have a better idea of, like, what the, like, core of the show was and know better how to, like, guide it, you know? Now, this this may shock you, David, Mark. Uh, you have a team. You have a this. team. Yes. You're, it's not just you two. Yeah. I guess I get that because they talk about, um... Oh, what was I going to say? Um, there was the whole thing where, where you talked about, like, them taking their ball and going home. Like, they never wanted to have people in on this, I guess, because, you know, they planned it out themselves before they did the writing for the show. Right. But also, that's not how TV works. That's not so. how TV works. You gotta, yeah. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. It, it like, just seems like, and like, you know, people complain a lot about the second season of the show, and will blame like the people that kind of sort of took over when they stepped back from it. But like, they, they those, left. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Frost but, and Lynch left them with like the fucking back. Yeah, and like, there are folks on Twin Peaks that kind of were pissy at them for, I think, justified reasons. Like, yeah. there's... You can find a lot of stories about actors and actresses that have worked with David Lynch who have, like, nothing but nice things to say about him. And pretty much every one of them that has something mean to say about him is from Twin Peaks. Yeah, makes sense. I, yeah, I totally, I totally, totally understand that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it it does sound like that they are. Uh, you know, this is this is my show. Yeah, like Laura Flynn Boyle, who plays Donna, refuses to come back for either the movie or season three. They have to recast her in the movie, and then she's just not in season three. Oh, huh? Because I mean, she's I guess just it like, makes nah, sense fuck that this Donna actually. might move away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan was like, "No, nah, I don't really want to do that." The movie, no. And they like eventually talked him into like doing a smaller role than they wanted him for. Huh. Yeah, like, people were kind of not happy about how this show got handled by Lynch and Frost. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense from everything I've heard. Yeah, like, they kept this such a secret to even the crew and stuff that they filmed the murder scene in this episode twice. One with Leland killing Maddie and one with uh, Ben killing Maddie. That's dumb. That's, That's fucking stupid. stupid. With, with no intent, like, they knew full well Leland was the killer, but they wanted to keep the mystery, like, even within the creative team? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, no. I understand, especially, like, with nowadays, with, like, movies with big, you know, a lot of people trying to find shit out. Yeah. Like, hey, like, like, oh, like, we're saying that, like, oh, you're talking to this character but actually you're talking to the second spider-man right or right what the fuck ever yeah um but like these days where it's like on a pretty like on a very close set yeah like all with your co-workers right it doesn't make sense to just like fucking be playing with these games other to, than to, like, feel like you're the important one. Yeah, yeah. It's It doesn't make sense, and it just, like, it doesn't surprise me that everyone else has a hard time making this show work after this, because you kind of set them up to fail. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Anyway, this episode is really good, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, great work, David Lynch and Microphone. Like, you made a good one. <laughs> That, yeah, always, like, when I'm, like, when people are assholes in the creation of things, and I'm, like, but you did do it good, though. Yeah, like, you made a good thing. I like this episode, you know, Tojimura aside, and that's a big thing to put aside, but, you know. Still pretty good. So, uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think anybody would say otherwise. I, I guess part of the problem is just that, like, I f especially with, like, filming the murder scene twice. Yeah. Like, come on, guys! You you got it right, like by accident at that point, right? Like, or at least, or yeah. at least in spite of yourself, well, it was good because they really had to film it three times because they also had to film it with Bob killing Maddie to intercut them. You know? Yeah. And yeah. They like I forget which actor it was if it was Ray Wise or Ben's actor. I don't remember his name. It was like, yeah, Cheryl Lee really kind of got put through the ringer on that. I kind of feel bad for her, especially yeah. when again she had to it, get it, she had to act out getting murdered three times and one of them wasn't ever going to get used. It is a thing that happens a lot with these kind of creatives. Yeah. Is that usually women are the people who get the most brunt of it. Right. Uh, the most famous uh, and infamous case being... Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. Yeah, yeah, Just getting just abused which, like, on the set of The Shining. Yeah, which I watched oh, the movie right. and I'm like, this movie is great. Yeah. And Shelley Duvall is amazing in this. Yes. It's just, I also have to, I, I know what is every, all the stuff in it. I'll bet she was, she could have done a perfectly amazing job without being constantly verbally abused. Yeah. 
and like belittled every time she tried to complain about how they were treating her. Yeah. Yes. Who could yeah. say? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. Because there's, I'm sure you've seen this, Ashley. There's like f- behind the scenes footage of that movie where she's complaining that like there's some broken glass in the scene, and she like snagged her hair on it and like ripped out a clump of it. And like Stanley Kubrick is holding up the clump of hair. She's talking. It's like this is all she's talking about. Just this little. Uh, she's throwing a yeah. fit over this, and he's holding up a clump of her hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's stuff. Uh, yeah. Which and yeah, I don't. I don't think David Lynch does anything to that degree. And yeah, again, I, like usually, his uh, the women that work with him on his movies are very positive about their experiences with him. I think Cheryl Lee is too. Yeah. Um. But there's definitely like the ones that are unkind are ones from Twin Peaks. Uh, anyway. Oh, Ashley, Ashley told me the, um, the fucking spoiler you had to cut out last time that I didn't notice. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I found a thing where they were talking about, and I'll revisit this when we have more context for other things in this, but when they did the DVD box set, um, there was a graphic novelist, I don't remember his name, I should have picked this, looked at that, uh, a comic book artist who wanted to, he pitched the company on like, hey, what if you let me make a graphic novel that is like what season three would have been? Because this was before season three existed. Yeah. And uh, he got in touch with a couple of the writers and uh, other folks, and he was trying to like collect as much as he could, like, no, no, I want to use the ideas you guys had. And, yeah, and there's a couple, right. like, comic book adaptations that are like this. Yeah, yeah, there's a few that go that way. And, like, it just came, it eventually came down to, like, I think Mark Frost was like, I'm cool with it. I will, I will get you in touch with David. I don't think he'll go for this. And, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who'd be into that. Yeah, but one of the ideas was season three would obviously uh, have Cheryl Lee back once again as another identical cousin with red hair who also gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And which is one you, of those things that like you can't turn it into a joke, guys. No. Yeah. And like maybe that's an idea that would have like died in like as they were actually writing it out. Like that's something you definitely say in the writers room and then doesn't get in the show. Right. Like yes. maybe that was never a serious idea in the first place and it was just a joke. But and, and it also just sounds like someone who is like Man, we loved working with Cheryl Lee. <laughs> yeah, that's almost certainly an element of it. Like, Cheryl Lee deserves work. How can we give it to her? Maybe um, don't kill her off a third time, though. Yeah, you didn't have to... I mean, you didn't even have to do it the second time. You could have just let her go. You could have just let her go. I... We, we should get to the actual murder scene. So yeah, we could, I guess we should yeah, get through yeah. this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, uh, right now, we're just back in the Palmer <laughs> house, and Sarah's continuing to crawl across the floor... And she has a vision in that living room as a spotlight shines down on a white horse. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, I was, just, I was trying to figure out what the fuck this was, but, yeah. you know. I, I instantly went to, uh, and he rode a pale horse. Yeah, I think it's definitely supposed to be, yeah, the, the pale horse of death from the Book of Revelation. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know any Bible shit. Sure, sure. It is it is a scene that has baffled audiences for decades. Molly, you're in good company. I, cool. I definitely know that like the 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 Twin Peaks joke from the Simpsons that I remember. Yeah, it references the horse. It's yeah, it's the horse and the giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and Sarah is like, what the fuck is a horse doing here? And then it vanishes just as quick as it came, and she passes out. I, I, I kind of get the feeling that she's just like, well, that's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and she passes out, and the camera has like this kind of lazy pan around to the record player. Everything's blurry, and then it just uh, kind of tracks over to an adjacent room where Leland is just very calmly straightening his tie in the mirror, not paying any attention to what's going on. It's so good because the, because the focus is already on him. Yeah. Or it, the the camera's already focused to where he is. It's so good. Yeah. 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 It's just like the reveal that he's been there the entire time while Sarah has been, something bad's been happening to Sarah. Yeah. Cause she's mentioning like, like, Oh no, it's, uh, Maddie who says, what's that smell? Oh yeah. 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 In a minute here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sarah's like yelling out for Leland, and he's just he's just straightening his tie. Yeah, listening to the the sounds of. Yep. Ah, it rules. It's really good. Um, then we cut to the roadhouse. Julie Cruz is here singing singing a little tune. It's a, it's a much better vibe here in the roadhouse. Yeah. Great vibe. I feel like Why the owls it? might actually be at the Palmer residence. I'm just wondering why the Roadhouse has, like, this nice, chill band. Yeah, well, it's so that they can continue their nice, chill tunes when a bar fright breaks out, and it's fun that way. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> but you seem like you would pick up the music at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah, you would, but yeah, there's there's something fun about just maintaining the same, you know. Also, it's very funny to me that they do play the Twin Peaks music. Yeah, yeah. it's not the Twin Peaks music exactly, but it's a song that's, like, 10 degrees off it's from the so Twin close. Peaks theme. Yeah, it's like the same bass. Yeah. It's enough where I was like, are, you, are these motherfuckers playing it? <laughs> I mean, Julie Cruz is the musician that plays the Twin Peaks theme. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Donna and James are sitting at a booth and talking about, like, what happened to Harold. And uh, yeah. James is like, hey, that guy sucked. It's not your fault. And, and yeah, like yeah. J- James says, it's no one's fault, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> admittedly, it's kind of Donna's fault. It is a little bit to the extent that it's anybody's fault. It's Donna's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like well, you know, he didn't have to reach out to her. He didn't have to be a creep. Right. But you know, she's not innocent here. She's not innocent here. She did she drive immediately a mentally just unstable the... man to suicide, even if he yeah, was. Yeah, she could have just bad. gone to the police. Yeah. But you know, yeah, you know, lesson lesson learned. Yep. And this you know, is what being a teen's all about. <laughs> she definitely feels that way. She's like, no, I think yes. I might have manipulated a man into suicide. And James is like, no, no, no. You're fine. Oh, it, did you hear that? Uh, Maddie's leaving. She's like, she didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. But uh, it's such a. Weird... <laughs> What? Maddie, why are you jealous about this? Donna, why are you mad, mad about this? Yeah. Donna, you just, you like threatened Maddie into helping you do this. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she didn't want to talk to you after that. You guilted her into helping you after you caught her smooching James. And yeah, then come on like now. put her in a situation where she almost got clawed. Yeah. Like she very easily could have gotten hurt or worse. Yeah, I just... <laughs> This is not going to happen, but the worst part of me just imagined, like, Donna finding out about Maddie next up and just doing a little, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Cop 
competition gone. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Truman and the Log Lady all come in and take a seat at a table. They get some beers. Uh, Catherine's just really into these peanuts. Her name is not Catherine. That's a different character. That's a different yeah. character. I was trying to be cool and use her actual name, but I fuck. What's her fucking name? The Log Lady. She's got a real name. Margaret yeah, Log Lady. <laughs> Margaret no, it's, Lanterman. It's... That is her name. LL Log Lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um sorry. I, like since all of the descriptions of the Log Lady shit you've given us. Yeah. Outside of the TV show has been dumb as shit. She is only Log Lady to me. <laughs> Well, now I gotta look up what the fucking one was for this. I'm gonna cut oh, it out. God. Ah! Uh, as the as the night wind blows, the boughs move to and fro. The rustling, the magic rustling that brings on the dark dream, the dream of suffering and pain, pain for the victim, pain for the inflictor of pain, a circle of pain, a circle of suffering. Woe to ones who behold the pale horse. Sorry, that's cringe. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> oh, pain, pain on the inflictor who in- inflicts pain. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I, I did once like look and see like, is it just Luke's like delivery? I if now you might dislike them regardless. She does deliver them better than I am. She does. I still don't like them. That's the entirely content, reasonable. The content is the cringe. I. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, it's 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 too much. The, she the, is going apeshit on these peanuts, though. She's going apeshit on these peanuts. Yeah, the the actual show deploys Margaret way better than the the log lady intros. Yes. Um. Also, um, nobody. I I said this on on my locked Twitter account. These are the thoughts you're missing. Uh, but nobody in Twin Peaks cares about anybody's peanut allergy. <laughs> That's true. No, people with peanut allergies are not allowed within 50 feet of this fucking roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, if you got a peanut allergy and you got to go to court, sorry, buddy. Preemptive death sorry, penalty. Sorry, pal, you got to go somewhere else. <laughs> you got to do this over at uh, at Single Peak. <laughs> <laughs> they only got cashews there. Yeah, but they're all just sort of relaxing and watching the musical performance. Donna and James are kind of like gently flirting with each other. Cooper's the only one who's like... Hey, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> Cooper's like, why are we here anyway? Yeah. Like, I, I trust the log lady, but not like yeah. that. Well, it's also like, this scene is very, like, relaxed. It's kind of cute. But you just saw the shit in the Palmer house. So there's, like, a tension to it, even though there's nothing in the scene itself that's tense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, like, the music is going to turn here in a sec, and it's not going to stop. Yeah, the music transitions into a slower, sadder song. And we see that uh, Bobby and also the old man waiter are at the bar. We're getting one last scene with him. Yeah, he is here. Thank God they brought him back. I Yeah, it's... Uh, this is really like everyone's come together. Right, we're all here. We saved the day. We caught the bad guy, everybody. It did make me think that the that the waiter guy is the giant, but mm. probably not. Mm, okay. Mm. Could be. Yeah, could be. Who knows? He's always there when the giant's there. He is always there when the giant's there. That's true. Because You've all never of a sudden seen him in the time same room. freezes in the roadhouse. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, again, this scene fucking rules. And yes. yeah, the band dis- like fades away from the stage and the giant fades in. 
and the yeah. famous I, gift plays. Yeah, I was like gonna say this is like to me when I first watched uh, Citizen Kane and realized like where the like clapping gift came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, that you would think that this would be something that like me seeing it and all of these other contexts would ruin this. Right, right. But like, no, this just fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, the giant just speaks into the microphone and says. It is happening again. It is and, happening again. And you're just like, ah, shit. <laughs> and then it fades from that back to Leland. He's finally got that tie nice and straight. He smiles into the mirror. And Bob is looking out from the mirror at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Turns out Leland was Bob this whole time. And in case you didn't get that, they superimpose Bob's face over Leland's face. I I think that's actually the first way you see it. No, I don't it's think not. It's, I'm watching oh, it right now. It? Okay. <laughs> you see the okay. reflection, then you see the superimposed. Yeah. God, it's so creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually like really impressed by their like by the special effects they're using. Yeah. Of keeping it like, because like even like in like wide shots, they will have the reflection show Bob. Yeah, 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 like Bob is mirroring him in the reflection even when that's not the focus of the scene. Yes. That they do a good job with that. And, um, you know, it, it it probably is just very simple, like, split. Oh, I assume uh, that's just not a mirror and, like, Frank Silva's just on the other side of that wall. That's also possible. Like, yeah, like, it's... It, it's, like, a very simple effect, but it's really... yeah. Yeah, effective. And uh, Leland gets distracted, and he hears Maddie yelling for him or Sarah, and he just very sort of casually and professionally, like, reaches into his uh, suit jacket and pulls out rubber gloves. Yep. And just starts putting them on as she's, like, shouting, like, hey, where is everybody? I smell something burning. Yep. Uh, For the record, it is totally a mirror, because you can... There is a shot... Where they don't do the effect. Huh, okay. So yeah, it is probably just like they're splitting it right down the middle. Yeah, dang. Alright, yeah, that is good. It looks really then. good. Yeah. And yeah, when Maddie comes down, she's like in this like spotlight. Oh yeah, you know what? Now I'm really studying it, and you can kind of see that the mirror is green screened in when yes. Bob's in it. It's I kind of like that you can see Bob's head turn just before Leland's does. Yeah, they're not 100% in sync, which, like... Yeah, yeah. it makes it creepier. It makes it no, creepier. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Leland... Uh, Maddie comes in yelling that she smells something burning, and then she sees Sarah laying down on the floor. And uh, it gets bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, he dances around with her after, like... Uh, incapacitating her. Like, yeah, the spotlight bit. that was shown on the horse, like, randomly flashes in here. She tries to run away, and for a while, we don't even see anything. We just hear them struggling just, and her screaming from the other room. Yeah, it's yeah. To, and, like, you can see the shadows. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, yeah, yeah he drags between... her in. She's, like, screaming and trying to get away from him. And he just, like, punches her in the face really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cutting in between... Leland doing this and Bob doing this. Yeah, and like when it shifts to the Bob footage, it's like slowed down low frame rate and the lighting's weird, and then it'll snap back to Leland where it's shot more normally. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's um, it's upsetting. Yeah, the punch, and then when he continues to punch her, is just so upsetting and horrible. Yeah, he like throws her to the couch and just like it, it's her voice is slowed down, so you can't like totally understand what she's saying. But she's yelling like "Somebody help me!" as he just like yeah, yeah, just yeah. starts I, punching her over and over again. Yeah, I had subtitles on, and it's just her saying "help me" again and again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also you get the like blood teardrop. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, she is. She's not like knocked out by the punches, but she is like disoriented enough that she can't really struggle anymore. Yeah. And yeah, Leland just like picking her fully up and like supporting her. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, oh, okay. Like, this guy is not. Yeah, he hefts her up into his arms, and Leland finally got that dance partner he's been looking for this whole time. Ugh. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's just constantly saying, Laura, Laura, and he starts... Uh, we specifically see uh, Bob kissing her. Yeah, they don't show Leland kissing her, They, but, like, he is. Yeah, we just see Bob doing it. Yeah. Um, and, like, not just kissing her, like, really, like, necking her in a way that is uncomfortable. It's gross. It's gross. Yes. It, it it almost looks cannibalistic. And, like, implies a lot more than what they're directly showing about, like, yep. okay, yeah, no, this is... Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I remember seeing a thing where they were talking about, like, we needed to establish that this was sexual abuse... With, like, but you can't show that on TV, so we really needed to make these kisses, like, as upsetting to watch as possible, so you understand that it's, there's more than kissing that went on here. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that throughout this entire thing, Leland is crying. Right, he's sobbing about how Laura died as he's repeating the crime. Yeah. Uh, and then he says that she's going to head on home. Yeah. She's going to go back to Missoula, and he smashes her head into the painting of Missoula, killing her. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, jams yeah, another there, there letter under her fingernail. So much blood. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, like, it goes from, like, so over the top, and, like, even, like, him saying... That you're going to head back to Mezuzula. Yeah. And then, like, you get, like, a cut to black as she hits. And then it just cuts to that wide shot. And it is so effective. Yeah. Of her just, like, slumping down against him. Yeah. Yeah, like, it... Is obviously, like, an extremely, like... As you were saying, like, last week. Yeah. An extremely, like, scene that can be extremely triggering and... Right. Uh, is hard to watch. Yeah. But I think just expertly done. Yes, totally. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, for pretty much the whole show, we have constantly heard about, like, yeah, Laura had, like, kept secrets from people. There was some kind of darkness in her, and, like, no one knew what it was. And it goes into these weird, like, well, clearly, like, there was some supernatural thing going on with her. Like, we need to look out. Like, there's ghosts out in the forest. Like, there's monsters out there. And that's that's what was corrupting Laura. And, like, no, the monster lived in her house with her. Like, it wasn't yeah. anything magic yeah. or supernatural. Like, I, that stuff does exist here. 
But that's not the source of the problem. It's fucking... It, it's her dad. And yeah. nobody it's ever very even human. that. Yes. I last... So when I was like... Kind of going like, it is going to be Leland, isn't it? Like I was like yeah. kind of realizing it. Right. I'm like, there's like a moment where it's like... I wasn't sure if I liked that. Uh-huh. Just because... Like... Because uh, at first I was like, well, if Bob is possessing him... Yeah. Like, does it, like, matter? <laughs> like, look, that's a... Hey, guess what kind of conversations we're going to be having for the next, like, month? Okay, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I really do feel like... Like, the metaphor that they're going for here is, like, oh, is more important at this moment than... Yes. Like, what is, like, happening to these characters. Right, yeah. And something that, like, I kind of picked up on on this watch through, from, like, the first or second episode, they establish one of Cooper's detective superpowers is that if that he gets... If he get, takes one look at two people interacting with each other, he can tell you what their relationship is. He never sits down and questions Sarah and Leland. Yeah, that's true. It never yeah. even occurs to him that they might be anything other than grieving parents. And that there might be something else going on. He specifically avoids questioning them because he's a strong sender and doesn't want to, like, psychically influence Sarah's visions. That's true. Like, yes. The, like, it cuts from here back to the roadhouse huh. and the, like, everything goes back to normal. But the waiter gets up and, like, puts a hand on Cooper's shoulder and he's, like, got a tear in his eyes. He says, like, I'm sorry. Like, somehow he understands that, like, Cooper just failed really badly. Cooper doesn't even know that yet. Uh, and, like, yeah. Cooper yeah, had I, all the time in the world to figure out who the killer was, and he never actually tried. That's a really... Hmm, wow. He never interviewed the guy who the ki who's the killer. That should have been the first person he talked to. Yeah, I, and I think the, th the part of it is that he is so focused on the serial killer thing. He's super focused on the serial killer thing, and he's super focused on his vision of Twin Peaks as a perfect small town. And, like, yeah, yeah Leland is, like, a small town dad. Everyone loves him. I mean, it's not just Cooper. Sheriff Truman, two episodes yeah, ago, stood a, up in court. Border, like, he's a Leland's uh, not still a member of the community. community. His family's been here yeah, for generations. Yeah. He's a good guy. He only did this because of a tragedy. You know, we and can't punish him for that. And they let him go so that then he could immediately go kill another woman. Right, like, like Truman is partially responsible for getting Maddie killed. Yeah. Like, they all are because they refuse to actually analyze the situation using the, like, intelligence they we know they have. They let their own, like, biases completely obstruct that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is a... They, they failed in, like, the most spectacular way they could have. Yeah, like, and, like, that's why I find, like, the, the giant scene, like, so, in this episode, like, so great. Is, yeah. It's just very simple, like, just him, like, going, it's happening again. Yeah, yeah. You failed. Right. It's happening, yeah. Like, and the giant, like, we know, like, the giant's on Cooper's side. He wants him to catch Bob, but he's not gonna do it for him, and he's gonna, like... Yeah, he looks him in the eye and tells him, hey, you fucked up. And I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to yell at you for it, but I'm not going to let you forget it either. Yeah. 
uh, and then the old man comes over. Yeah, and then the old man comes over, like I said, and yeah, he just, like, everyone in the bar has, like, it seems like no one saw the giant Buck Cooper, and uh, I think the log lady kind of reacts to it, I think the too. log lady did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which makes sense for her. But um, nobody else does, but everybody after that is, like, or everybody related to Laura in a way yeah. like they don't know why but like Donna starts crying Bobby's at the bar and he like starts tearing up like everybody yeah, but, knows like, it that something seem awful like, just happened I'm, well it seems like those two do I don't even know if James does he that's just true. goes yeah, over James to comfort Donna like, what's going on you're right you're and right. I don't think Truman knows either I think that's the thing I think nobody who is not like connected to this thing at, as much as those people are you're right uh, just don't know yeah yeah, yeah. and the old man, like, yeah, coming up and just going, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because oh. he Because he's the giant. <laughs> I, I, if he's not the giant, then I think that he... Uh, he does kind of also dress like the giant. He does. he does. I said that, like, ten minutes ago, and then, like, after saying it, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm definitely right. <laughs> I, I was going to say that, like, he is on... This, like, he is on a wavelength. Right. He clearly is tapped into that, like, whatever the supernatural the side of this is. is. Yeah, he's he's one of the one of the aliens. Yeah, yeah, right. He's one of the space aliens. <sighs> and uh, yeah. I think that's where the episode leaves off, right? Yep. Uh, they're like the scene turns red. Yeah, like the, right. the, and the like singer, singer into... lady turns red, and Cooper yeah, it turns like fades red. to red curtains. Which yeah, and then it goes to are kind of like you know, it's there's red curtains on the stage, but also it definitely invokes like the red room. And then yeah, yeah I was wondering the, if we were going to get a quick part of that, but no, it, that, that's the end of the episode. No. And then yeah, the credits instead of being um, Laura Palmer's prom photo, it's Cooper's face superimposed over the curtains. Yep. Um. Yeah. Good. Good episode of a lot of upsetting things. Great up. Yeah. Great up. Duh cinema. Duh cinema. <laughs> yeah. We are... We're gonna have a lot... To, we're, we're gonna revisit all the shit we just talked about a lot over the next, you know, six months. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, they actually, you posted an ad earlier today when you are doing the questions post of, like, they put out a thing and be like, No, finally, for real this time, you guys, we promise we're revealing the killer tonight. Please watch Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, the show had been, like, not doing good ratings-wise all of season two. And they got, like, a pretty big bump for this. And then it just immediately dropped off even worse after this. Nobody fucking cares about cinema. <laughs> well, so it was a combination of a lot of people just wanted to know who the killer was. And they stopped yeah. caring once they got it. And... They a lot of people did not like this being who the killer was. They felt like that's like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like gross, like not in like the way it's intended to be like, no, that that you can't put that on TV. It's like cruel of you to make me sympathize with Leland for this many episodes and then reveal that he's this horrible person. Like that's a pointless gut punch. Like, people Damn. really don't like, or at the time, did not like this reveal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I get, man, it must be hard to find out that somebody that you like is a, is just the worst piece of shit in the world. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. To me, this Damn, twist is hard. We talked about when Leland uh, killed Jacques Renault that, like, that's shocking in the moment, but then, like, it, it's the only thing that possibly could have happened. This yeah. feels exactly the same to me. Like... Yeah, no, this makes this makes the most sense. Like, we were talking about, like, oh, laws of fiction, Ben wasn't the killer, fucking uh, Leo wasn't Leo the killer. Leo can't be, yeah. When you're, if you go down that logic rabbit hole, Leland's the only person it could be. Pretty much, or somebody that hasn't been introduced yet, or Harold, like, but we already saw that he had uh, died this episode, so. Yeah, and, like, it, it, introducing a brand new person just, like, wouldn't be satisfying at all. Um. Yeah, and like it has to be somebody from the beginning. That's the thing. It yeah. has to be somebody from the beginning. It can't be Leo. It can't be Ben. That's too cliche. Right. Major Briggs isn't in it enough and has like no like he's just a nice man, so he's off the list. He's got no relation. Bobby's a kid. Yeah. Mike's a kid. Uh, Philip Gerard is not in it enough to have been the killer. Right. And like it just makes it like when you like go back to like thinking about like how Leo and Jock were, like, totally cool with this. Yeah. It's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, well, and, like, this stuff is, it's foreshadowed in season one, like, at least a little bit. Like, in the funeral episode, as they're lowering Laura's casket in, Leland jumps on the casket, and the, like, lift breaks, and... Everyone is just watching in, like, shock and confusion as Leland's laying on top of his daughter while they pump up and down. Oh, ew. Yeah. 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 Laura has, like, that tape to Jacoby where she talks about, like, she doesn't understand why it's so easy to make older men fall in love with her. It's because her dad's been grooming her her whole life. Right. Like, it's it's been in the DNA of the show from the beginning. And it's, you know, rough. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now that we've talked about that, let's have some fun answering listener questions. <laughs> yeah. Um. That now that I'm, like, almost choked myself up talking about the horrible things that happened to this fictional girl. Yep. Uh... Yeah, a lot of them are very jokey. I don't know if I want to say them. <laughs> well, it is a comedy podcast. <laughs> it is a comedy podcast. Um, from at Pimento. Okay, so now we know who killed Laura Palmer, but who married Laura Palmer and who fucked Laura Palmer? Now we can't answer this question. That's pretty gross. It, yeah, not only is it gross given the conversation we just had, also. The show's answered that pretty uh, extensively, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's basically what the show's about. Anyway, Donna married her, though. Donna was trying to wife her up. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Man, the better times. Cheryl is... Uh, not Cheryl. Uh, 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 Laura is wife city to Donna. Yeah. Uh, better times when we were just watching that VHS and Laura was just saying, help me. Yeah, <laughs> Um, Avergarda asked us who Laura Palmer would kill, which I think is a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Turtle Ant asked us who would have been a better answer to who killed Laura Palmer. 
And like you were saying, I don't think there is another answer. Like, you could put, like, oh, it was, like, you know, the third Renault brother, but, like... Right. Yeah, like, no. I mean, the the thing at the core of this, there are no good answers. There's... That's never going to happen. One answer is going to be upsetting no matter what. Oh, sure. And, like... At the end of the day, many crimes are perpetrated in the home. Right. So, like, this, it makes perfect sense and also is, like, true. Like, the only thing I can think of that would even maybe work on, like, the same dramatic level is if Donna's dad killed her. And it's the same exact plot twist in that case, but it's less well-seated. Yeah. Because he yeah, doesn't have the erratic he's behavior. Because he's that also not has. in the show as much. Still, he's not in so. the show as much. Yeah, like, it, it wouldn't work, but, like, and if it did work, it would just be a lesser version of what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And like this is not a uh who done it in like the sent in like the Agatha Christie knife yeah. out way where like everything has like been fully designed like every second of screen time is fully designed for you to pick apart. Right. Right. Like and like that this is like a well-oiled machine like like yes they knew but like yeah. The show is so messy, and in some ways, that is the point of it, that it is so messy. Right, because part of it is that, like, yeah, there's this horrible thing that happened, but, like, a lot of it is, like, that tragedy is the lens through which we're going to see all these other things that are also going on. Right, this has always been a show about the characters. Yeah. Rather, you know, rather than anything else that's going on. Uh, like, I will and say, like you said, it was not supposed to be a show about the killer, it's yeah. supposed to be a show about, like, the community. I will say... I disagree with David Lynch and Mark Frost that this should have never been revealed. I think you, I think this, yeah, I think this should have been revealed. Yeah, it definitely adds a different layer of... It recontextualizes so much stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and And like, yeah. Again, I definitely get people who are like, this is too much for me. Totally, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a separate thing. Yeah, and... Yeah, I don't know, like, how much of it was, like... Because, like, yeah, this was not a thing that you would see on mainstream television, really. And I was, like... I was watching a bunch of, like, Twin Peaks, like, premiere trailers. Yeah. Um, And, like, the tone of what they are is so different than what, like, the tone of the show is. Right. Where it's, like, Twin Peaks... It's a lovely place, but you wouldn't want to die here. Right. <laughs> um, or focusing way more on the comedy. And, like, it's cliche, but this is it really is ahead of its time in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Of well, what it is willing to tackle. Well, and, like, the with Leland being the killer, you know, we've... we've I've told the joke a lot. Twin Peaks seems like a perfect little town, but it's got a little bit of a dark side. And, like, the dark side the show has implied has been either, like, oh, it's got this seedy criminal underworld. Even this small town has, like, you know, drugs and sex. You wouldn't believe it. Or it's full on, like, yeah, there's ghosts out in the woods and there's maybe aliens in the sky. They're beaming visions into people's dreams. But, like, no. The dark side of Twin Peaks is the same kind of dark side every town has. And it's that shitty people abuse people that they can in whatever ways they can get away with. And it is not like 
it is not lurid in an enticing way like crime or supernatural is. Yeah, it it's very like I was just thinking about like I forget if it was last week or the week before where they had like the big um uh like action sequence at One Eyed Jacks where they're doing like action violence like they're doing you know stunt punches and like throwing knives in people's backs and it's like silly and fun and yeah. then contrasting that to the violence in this episode which is yeah <laughs> right yeah well like, contrasting that with this episode where it's like very real violence and like yeah when you punch someone in the face it hurts them very badly and like you like recoil from it when you see it it's just like yeah no 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 all that other stuff isn't the the truth is a lot more mundane and a lot more upsetting than all the like fantasy stuff around it. Yeah. I don't really there's no more questions I want to bring up and there's not really anything else I want to say at this moment. <laughs> all right. Yep. Well, we talked a lot. <laughs> we did talk a lot. I'd like an actual conversation about like media this time. Yeah, yeah we got know. we got in depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just telling stupid jokes about nonsense. Well, well I like my stupid jokes. Thank you. I also like your stupid jokes. Um Luke. the stupid jokes will flow freely again soon. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, listen, there are, let's see, checking my notes here, we are, 15 episodes left this season. We are so. only halfway through the original run of Twin Peaks. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Luke, where can find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find other shows I do on AudioEntropy.com, such as Eidolon Playtest. Uh, it's an actual play podcast, but right now we are not playing Eidolon Become Your Best Self. Instead, we are playing... World of Assassination, a game written by our friend uh, Crystal, who's on that show. Uh, it's inspired by the IO Interactive Hitman games, which we've gushed about a lot on this show. Um, it's real silly and fun. <laughs> We're doing Man, that fuck for Earl shipment. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing that for a month, and uh, yeah, there, there's some good episodes. <laughs> it's a good, good little palate cleanser after season two. Yeah, really. Uh, Ashley. You can find me at your librarian with an underscore on Twitter and a dash on Tumblr. Uh, and you can also find me at patreon.com slash Ashley Lee Minor. Give, Give Ashley, Ashley fucking your fucking money. money. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly Thwaite, E-R, I need mail.com, audioentropy.com, uh, the second best game.club. I guess I still have to play Marathon Some at some point this month. Mm, yeah, you should probably do that. Probably before next weekend, if I'm looking at my calendar right here. Probably, oh, well, yeah. I'll figure it out. It's probably not that long. I, in fact, I know it's not that long. It's, it is a first-person shooter from the 90s. Uh-huh. Or early early aughts. I don't know which, but... Uh, yeah, I guess I'll play that. Um, And you can go to audioentropy.com. Hit the donate button in the upper right-hand corner. Give us a little bit of money for the hosting. Uh, thanks, everybody. Leave us a five-star review everywhere you can. Uh, and tell your friends about our show. I think it's good. I also think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good. Uh, that's it. Ashley, get us out of here. Well, real Until quick, next... Uh, next time we will be watching. Oh, yes. Yes. Twin Peaks episode 16, a.k.a. Twin Peaks episode 15, a.k.a. Twin Peaks season 2 episode 8, a.k.a. Drive with a Dead Girl. Oh. <sighs>
Yep. Yep. Well, until next time, it's happening again. Uh oh. <laughs>